0: This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is powered by Lululemon. With 44 stores across Australia and New Zealand, you can shop the latest range either in-store or online at lululemon.com.au to find your well-being.
1: So, number 314 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Might be a quicker show tonight, only really. News the Bolt, New York Marathon, uh, New South Wales 3K Champs to cover some dopey news in there as well. But we do have a uh, listener question, Moose on the Loose, a couple of whispers, and an interview from Ryan Mannix at the end of the show. Welcome, to my co host is down in Anglesey, the 214 man. How are you this week, Julian Spence?
0: I'm feeling pretty good, actually. It's been a beautiful day in Anglesey.
1: Has it? Tourists haven't been triggering you, though?
0: Well, Tourist season,
1: long weekend for Melburnians.
0: Yeah, don't I know about it? They all flooded down Friday night. Started not saying hello Saturday morning, and that continued through until a very crowded beach this afternoon. Ran down to the beach tonight to meet Bree and Pierre and nearly got killed about four times by uh, expensive European cars just ripping around little local community.
1: So that really pissed me off. Got to love it. My other co-host, maybe the best coach in Canberra at the moment. These are his results from um, the Canberra Times Fun Run yesterday. He got first and second in the men's half marathon, first and second in the women's half marathon, and second in the 10K. Some people think it's Dick Telford. Some people think it's Roy mm-hmm. Saunders. Some people think it's Des Practor, But I reckon it's Brad Croker, Moose. Welcome to you this week, not Crokes.
0: Not debatable.
1: Not debatable. <laughs> Leaps and bounds ahead of the other uh, three.
2: Thanks, Brady. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good day yesterday for Mulligan's uh, flat track
1: club. He was pretty happy in the group chat, wasn't he, Moose?
0: Oh, mate, he was screenshots left, right and centre. Said, great day for Mulligan's. These are the results <laughs> they had. Did you come off your high yet, Croaks after yesterday?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. You guys are hammering uh, this up a little bit, but um, no, it, I'm I'm good. Yeah, it's just. Oh, well, it's good to see people run well that have put in the hard work. Oh,
1: yeah. That's what I like.
2: Better. That's what. That's what I like seeing.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's what we want to see. And I think you were out there on course, so you can kind of recap that when you get to your uh, Sunday. But take us through your Monday first.
2: Um. Yeah. All right. So Monday, I didn't run. Uh, did I run? No. I didn't run um so then tuesday we were out at the um thoroughbred park the horse track uh, i was pretty busy out there actually because um i know dick telford's squad they're normally out there thursday but they were out there they were out here uh, on tuesday as well because the ais track was closed um so yeah session for me was three sets of three minute two minute one minute uh have one minute between the reps and then after the Uh, one-minute rep, I have 90 seconds. And it was sort of just a really slow shuffle between reps. Um, So the three-minute reps went 324, 323, 322 pace, and then the two-minute reps, 316, 316, 311, and the one-minute reps, 302, 303, 254. So this was like the first session, I reckon, since coming back, where I was looking down at my watch and I was actually surprised how – quick the paces were for sort of the effort that I was putting in so I did that with um with Jack uh who yeah he, he did a park run on the weekend in like 1630. so um yeah so that was I was pretty happy with with that session um yeah so that was Tuesday afternoon Wednesday got out in the afternoon for uh, about an hour at Mulligan's 425s um Thursday I didn't run and then Friday was uh yeah, so Thursday I didn't run. Friday's session. There weren't actually many doing a session at all because of um, the races. I had a few people doing park run on Saturday, and then I had a lot of people doing the fun run on the Sunday. So, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty much solo for this session. I did four by six minutes off a one-minute jog. Paces were 325, 325, 324, 319. Um, yes, yeah, so average 329s for that sort of 7.75K um and then saturday i did my long run because i didn't want to do my long run after the um yeah after sort of being out at the fun run on the sunday so i did 90 minutes on saturday morning uh i listened to i listened to it was um oh sinead and ellie actually so I listened to that for like the first yeah what 75 minutes and then um started listening to the dave mcneil episode that you did brady after that so um both were, were really good, uh, enjoying Sheesh. your... Going
1: from one end of the
2: spectrum from the <laughs> other there,
1: Croaks. There was a bit of giggling in the first one, and then there was a bit of serious chat in the second one.
2: Yeah, yeah. So no, it was a good, uh, good contrast. Um, yeah, so no, you've been doing a good job with those interviews, Brady.
1: Oh, you've been listening to them, Croaks?
2: Yeah, yep. So I've listened to, listened to both of them. You're
1: warming yourself up for your turn? Mm, yeah, I
2: don't speak as well as those two.
1: have <laughs> nah, be right. I uh, need a yeah. dad on, someone who's got some dad stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah. I've certainly got some mental health stuff as well, which, um, yeah, I've never really shared before, so that'll probably come out. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, 90 minutes, 4:15. I actually felt pretty good on, on this run. And then on Sunday or well, yesterday, um, I started my run pretty much the same time as the half marathon. Um, and then, yeah, basically, so I could run over to sort of the 8, 9K mark and watch them. So I did 30 minutes at 4.18s. Um, and then yeah, basically just watched the the half and then watched the ten K and uh, that was my week. So yeah, seventy one point eight K for the week. Um yeah, so fitness is yeah, fitness is okay, I guess, for for what I'm doing. Um, yeah, bodies and body's good. There's no niggles, uh, no doesn't seem to be any issues with the heart.
1: You're getting fit off a week like that. You're ticking all our boxes. That threshold sure workout was
0: good. Fit. Hey. The week's already proved yeah, fit. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: It's more like yeah, like the sessions are definitely becoming, uh, yeah, like they're not they're not where I was in June, but compared to where I was like four weeks ago, like I remember in Noosa I did I think six by three minutes, and I like I didn't run under three thirties for any of them, and like I'm running a fair bit faster now. For yeah, admittedly it was a bit warmer up there, but like I'm doing you know six minute reps, uh, you know five to ten seconds a k faster than that off the same recovery. So. Yeah, that's all it's all going well. Good work. I reckon Moose, what have yeah. you been
0: doing? Um, I had a okay week. I'd say okay week. Wasn't wasn't great, wasn't terrible. Let me just um pull it up for you. But off the top of my head I ran twice on Monday, uh equaling about sixteen K uh because that was one of my goals, just slowly increased mileage. And I have been doing two six K runs Um, in the in the past on a Monday but I decided to just increase it a little bit so I went 8k in the morning and eight and a half k in the um eight and a half and eight so just real cruisy stuff um and then next day I, I this was a crazy run actually I looked at it afterwards and I was like geez felt like I climbed a lot in that run and I've um I've climbed a heap so I've climbed 300 meters in 12k basically and the first few the first couple of k were dead flat so really in 9k basically i've climbed um 300 meters and i just did all these like single tracks around my home and then i also ran on the golf course for a while and the golf course is pretty hilly and i didn't even plan this it just kind of happened that that's what i did but anyway uh slow going but i reckon I don't think it's bad for you to do that. Work a few different muscles, slow the pace down. Going uphill at six minutes a K or whatever is pretty low impact. Certainly using muscles, but the impact's a lot less. Heart rate did get high for an easy day, which wasn't too bad. It wasn't crazy. But yeah, probably um, probably pick a different route next time. I went in, did a workout the next morning. This was this was unplanned, like, I didn't have a plan for the day, which gave me a bit of a kick up the ass to do it, because I got there, I met Ali, she was doing a workout, and, um, I, like, I was just not feeling good, and and it was a bit of a cop-out, but I'm like, oh, I'll jump in your rep, she did three by seven minutes, I think it was, um, so I said, I'll jump in your rep to start with, and see how I feel, maybe I'll I'll um, do some faster stuff as well. But when the sort of seven minutes ended, I just kept running. So I did just 30-minute tempo. That was to heart rate. I did a bit on the track, so the pace isn't going to be that accurate. Every, like, I think I, every kind of, at the end of every seven minutes, I went off and did this loop around Deakin that sort of goes up a small hill. So that got my heart rate up a bit. This is actually around, like this would be called around marathon effort, I think, 160 beats a minute, my heart rate. And then I did, then I increased the the length of the hills. So I, I did um, 20 second hills, which was different, or it was 22 second, most of them. So the, I just went further up the ramp that I've been doing them on. And th- this is actually pretty difficult. So this, the difference from 10 seconds to 20 seconds is huge in these hill reps. You just get that little bit more lactic and you get that little bit more fatigued, your heart rate goes up higher it's kind of it's pretty difficult um and so I was kind of um like on my knees afterwards, whereas like for the ten second reps, I just turn around and jog down straight away so it's it's good to feel on your the knees well like hands on knees hands on knees okay. sorry that's
1: a bit different than on your knees yeah
0: on my knees real having a real crack yeah. <laughs> um,
1: dixon after he won new york <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes that's a great picture that's that i was in your old good. shot Moose. the most iconic <laughs> on your knees photo getting around that one yeah
0: it's it's um it's actually on my wall still but it's a smaller one it's it's yeah. I'm not gonna, i won't get into it well, exactly. that's
2: what you do Moose. but when you increase these from 20 to 30 that's when you're actually on your knees Ooh. at the end 20 to 30
0: at the same intensity is yeah. buckling me. Yeah. You're proper cooked. buckling me.
1: Zach, Zach can, can we fr- get a photo of Moose's head on that picture, please, for social media during the week? That would be Dixon great.
0: has that copyrighted. No chance that's getting past
1: Dixon.
0: <laughs> how about this picture at Croak's that I posted? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You like that? Jeez. Yeah.
1: How good's that kit? It's, just... it's so nice of you to share the stuff after I share it. It just what goes to the, another like 6,000 people. All I see, is the shoes. I, just, I, I wouldn't know what I wouldn't know what clothes you're wearing, Brady. I just finished but, my strides. That's the thing with Lululemon. They don't need to do big branding because their kit is so beautiful, Moose. Those new splitties, that new singlet. for wait till you see me in a fun run over spring.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering how the the shoot went. Like. Did Carly That's direct? That's Carly, her? yeah, yeah. Carly. Did she say just give a flirty
2: little look back to the camera? Just, no, it, I, yeah. I, I think this came, I think this was a video, wasn't it? This so was a video. A, it's
1: a screenshot of a
2: video. Oh case.
0: right, okay, okay. This what do you just, think
2: about the tucked in, the
0: tucked in look? Yeah, just showing off the booty. I That's always tuck
1: my, it. I always tuck my singlet into my shorts, mm. every single Why? day of the week. I just, I don't know, I like it. Look at, you look through my whole Instagram and all my photos would be, well, not all of them, but majority of them, I'd be tucked in.
2: It's
0: like you're a bit more fast and loose. Yeah, yeah
2: you,
1: No, I like feel it tucked like in for clip. races and workouts. But they're actually need easy to. Jobs. Otherwise,
0: it hangs off. Hey, like you've, yeah. you've got no torso. You're a paperclip.
1: Yeah, just something about that. Pull the pull the shorts a bit higher and just get a bit of a tuck on. Uh,
0: anyway, um, did I'll, I'll flick you a job. pair of
1: socks moose for promo on that for me. You did what? I'll flick you a pair of socks for sharing it with your yeah, Six thousand dollars. Glad you're aiming. Yeah, I will.
0: I'm going to call that up soon because I'm getting (laughs) thirsty. (laughs) Uh, Just a little double, stupidly got bored, ran down a hill, which meant I had to run up a hill. Uh, Next morning, 10K. I was supposed to double this day but didn't get a chance. We were too busy. So I only got 10 in and, yeah, next day ran on the track. So after that was uh, Friday. This was my first crack at doing Wednesday to Friday as you've recommended, Brady, and I did a faster workout. So I did four by 1,200, 600, 300, and I took a minute between all, except for the last set. I had to take 90 seconds just before the last set went just to be able to get through it. The aim was 1,200s at about 78s. 600s were going to be around 70, 72. And oh, that's the pace I'll go through at. I I don't know what that equals, but that's just what the effort was.
1: No one and, cares about 600 meter splits do oh, no. I know. Tell me it's about it. Like 4, I'll give you my 400 split. Yeah. It can't oh, be that
2: far off. I appreciate it when I, yeah. when I check Strava.
1: When I check Strava, Moose, I love that you gave us a split through 400 because that's all I cared about. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, Moose, so
0: oh, and sorry, and what pace for the 300s? Oh, well, that was just supposed to be fast, you know, like stride pace. So for me, i didn't think i'd be able to go under 50 seconds and a lot of the time i didn't really know where the actual marker was because i was starting some of them like at the 100 meter mark and or i didn't know where the markers are i'm not that in tune with the track that i don't know where the actual spots are on the corners Mm. it's pretty pretty embarrassing really
2: so in terms of pace moves so 78s is what 315s yeah 70s is 255s and you know 50s is uh, well, what it's like. So so in terms of the seventy eights and the seventies, is that like what ten ten k and five k effort? I'd, I'd say the
0: seventy eights is more around threshold. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was kind of keeping an eye on with my heart rate. Um, I, I didn't really want my heart rate to go above threshold for the twelve hundreds. Uh, so I I was keeping track of it, and then on the um twelve hundreds it was about 5k effort however six hundreds, you mean yeah yeah sorry 600s, the 600s yeah. yeah um but that it was probably a bit harder by the end the 600s were difficult um and then 300s that was probably going to be about 300 i mean 3k effort not yeah. pace effort it's really like 3k effort is pretty hard when you consider 3k seven and a half laps but then you think, the pace I was run like that pace was certainly not three k pace. So I just get in this thing three hundred. I'm like, okay, it's supposed to feel pretty hard, pretty much sprinting for me, three hundred, and and it was the three hundreds were the easiest bit of the of the workout.
2: How'd you find though going from because like I'm sure a fifty second three hundred still like puts a bit of lactic in your legs, and then you only got a minute recovery, and then admittedly you are going back to seventy eight second laps. But I'd imagine that first lap or first 600 like your legs are
0: a little bit sort of wobbly like trying to run the run the junk out well the so the the way the workout went 1200 the first 1200 felt like i was flat out running 78s and then the 600 i I haven't run anything that fast in ages it just it was feeling horrible the 300 i couldn't like i've never i've never had to work that hard mechanically (laughs) to to get those splits and I just thought, this is, fuck, this is not, like, this is not a place for me anymore. And then it started to feel a bit le- better, but then the lactic started building, and those 600s were easily the hardest, and the last 200 meters were, like, my legs just saying no. They just started to stop going. And then I got to the 300s, and I, it, was sh- it was short enough I could get through, but Mechanically, that was me all out running fifty second three hundred, which is what two fifty pace or something. It's not too it's not too impressive. But what, the, um, the rest. What shoes are wearing on the track? Oh, I had a Vaporfly threes on. Yeah, that'd be um, good on the track, wouldn't it? They're yeah, all right. Bouncy. Yeah, they're fine. I'd probably um I'd probably go something snappier. All my shoes are in boxes now. I just sort of have my set sh- set race shoes. I could probably get them out of there, but the the. The last rep, I was pretty cooked after that last 300 and I needed 90 seconds instead of a minute to get through it. And mentally, this is not a good easy workout for me. So I was trying to find ways to shorten it. Like I got through two reps and I'm like, oh, you know what? Three sets is probably a pretty good amount for this. Like that's going to be about 6K at this pace. And then I thought, oh, let's just make the last rep a K, 400, 200. Mm. And, and it, they're the sort of things that I do when I'm not enjoying myself when things get difficult. Mm. <laughs> uh, and in the end, I just gave myself 30 seconds extra rest, which really was not a big deal. So I felt pretty good to finish it, as intended. Like, big dress workout.
2: What, yeah. Like, did you think maybe Moose, like, it would have been better to have, like, 90 seconds between, like, all of the sets where, like, mechanically – because I reckon there's a big difference between a minute and 90 seconds, like – Just to be able to, you know, get clear a bit more lactic and I feel like then you can maybe run mechanically a bit better because, as you said, Mm. like you're probably not getting to
0: get quite as lactic by having a little bit more recovery between the sets. Yeah, yeah, I would have taken more rest had I known it would feel like that. Mm. But on paper, to to me, it didn't seem that bad. Like 600 metres running 72nd lap, like that doesn't seem difficult at all. Uh, But it was. So, yeah, especially if you haven't done it for
1: ages. Yeah. yeah 5K it's... pace in workouts is a lot different than race day as well. Like if you're a listener out there and you're trying to hit the pace and you're wondering why it feels so hard of a pace that you expected to hold for 5K in a race, don't it's be. True. Like yeah. I find it challenging to hit 5K pace in workouts. But, and there's yeah. a big
2: difference between 400 and 600 at that intensity.
1: Well, it's and, a, and, yeah. Effort yeah. Especially level, if you only have
2: one-minute recoveries.
1: Well, effort level it nearly feels like it's 3K I always find. Like, 10K pace in training feels more like it's, yeah, quicker.
0: There's, there's also people that train on the track often and run this kind of tempo, like, regularly. And then there's someone who's done marathon training and doesn't touch this type of work. And he's, even on the track has been doing threshold stuff. So you, you can get conditioned for this. And, and at the moment, like, nowhere near the conditioning. Even just the range, like the mechanical... Range to get to those paces, I just don't do. So and and just like the, like the diaphragm opening because I'm puffing so much because I'm sucking in so much air, even that isn't used to it. So so I've there's a lot of things that this is really good for me, even though I don't enjoy it and I'll probably shy away from it in the future. But it is good for me, and I reckon it'd be way better with a group too. It would make it so much easier. Group track workouts, share like a rep each. Yeah, just sit on the back, get it done. Kick home the last rep, just put the burners on. <laughs> yeah, just rotate through the group. I wouldn't. It would be interesting to see how much of a difference a group made to that workout. Whether it would be easier feel or whether we would have run faster paces at the same feel. I don't know. Uh, I did a. I did a little jog that no- night around the sto- store, so I got a new shoe. The Nimbus 26 comes out soon enough. Um, pretty happy with how they've updated that shoe. It comes out soon, I think. I've got to double-check that. Uh, but a um, little bit poppier, a little bit snappier, not quite a um, soft, spongy. Well, some people called it mushy, the 25. I didn't particularly like the upper. But I like the feel of the midsole. I felt that was really soft, whereas this one, to me, is a little bit more long runner rather than just recovery runs, which I found the Nimbus was good for. I found
2: the Nimbus 25 very durable as well. The outsole
0: was um, exceptional. Haven't changed too much on the outer sole, which Mm. is good. Yeah, not a lot of change there. Uh, Ran in Aries Saturday morning. There's a little bit of a group down there. Didn't get invited to this, Had, Got invite, didn't get invited properly. My wife got invited to this run and then Jordan, one of the other guys, sent me a message like half an hour before, said, oh, are you coming this morning? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going down there fired up, getting left out of the group runs, getting not invited, perhaps on purpose. So I, I rocked up with a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, made it uncomfortable, made it a bit unpleasant for a couple of people there.
1: Just a misunderstanding or people trying to cut you off?
0: I'm sure it was not a misunderstanding, um, so that's why I went a bit harder. He's not the
1: big dog he thought
2: he mm. was
0: anymore. Times are
1: changing down the surf coast, Crooks. Yeah,
0: just rude, I reckon.
1: Kieran's invite,
0: back. What do you think? I'm not going to find out. You invite my wife down, not me? <laughs> Tribuco Max 3 that night, it's like a trail shoe. It's like a big shoe from Asics, big thick one. I uh, didn't particularly like it, found it a bit clunky. It will be good for some people who love the big cruisers. Not me though, I'm in, a, I'm in the minimal brigade now. And we had a real good long run. So I went two hours 15 just to progress the last few weeks. It was, well how much climbing, let me have a look. It was a decent one, we went over the hills. 525, So it wasn't that good. I take that back. It wasn't that good. And we started slow, like 514, 505. And then we, we, we got going a little bit. We, in the end, we averaged um, 416, or I did. I was the only one who went past 26K or so. And, yeah, it got difficult to me at the end. I probably need to just control some of this, I reckon, if I'm going to be sustainable. Because the last 15 minutes wasn't that comfy. And I felt like it, I had a proper long run at the end. I had that like little bit of sickness about it. Just whether it was the gels I was taking, I took three gels. Whether it was that or the fact that I s- smashed a chalky milk afterwards a bit too quick, just didn't feel good for maybe an hour or two and then came back to life. So I was at 138K. Uh, getting the mileage up there hopefully I'm going to pick I'm going to do a week of bigger mileage this week and then I'm going to back it off then I'm going to get back to um, then I'm going to plateau it and just have a bit of a down week and then build again so with your mileage so
2: just looking in the lead up to like Sydney you were yeah I guess hovering around like 140 maybe and then had like what one week that was a bit bigger here Uh, yeah like 145 what will you be looking to do for the majority of your Osaka prep?
0: Um, I, I hope to get about 140 to 150 regularly. I think I'd get. I think I, what I did this week, with the doubles and stuff, is not is definitely not out of um, range of safe. And then I can just add. I'll just be getting another six or seven k off the long run. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's too too drastic the changes my body's feeling good i'm handling the mileage fine and i'm i'm feeling better on the double runs now so it's it's probably just not getting carried away and 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 making decisions before i'm being forced to make decisions like getting to that friday when or that thursday when i could have doubled again i was like ugh. Nah, I'm going to skip that. Like, it was after dinner. I was, like, feeling good. I said to Bree, I'm like, yeah, I feel good. I'm going to go for a double. And then I just, like, I made what I consider a, 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 maybe a sensible decision to go, nah, fuck it. You're fine. You've got a track workout tomorrow. Go do that instead of adding on 6Ks at 8.30 at night. Um, so hopefully i make a few more of those decisions. Keeps me away from the, the forced rest.
1: Good. Good, good. A lot of hills in there, isn't there? A lot of hills. With the, 1946.
0: Um, what did you get? What did you get for eight, your this week? This is a
1: bad week to ask me because I actually hit some hills on my Sunday. Let yeah, me tell you. Well,
0: this is a great week to ask you. Well,
1: there's only one hill he ran out of like 13 of them, 14 of them, 12 of them. Uh, I got for the week hills um, just loading. 767. 767? <laughs> Nearly hit 1,000. How many
0: caves? How many k? <laughs> 163. That's a lot more caves than me
1: yeah but i only had one only one run in a hilly
0: location wasn't it like 500 meters it's like
1: 425 mate you get it right <laughs> yeah. should have seen some of the hills there you would have battled big time i gotta open an invitation for you to come up and try them oh some yeah, some of those look,
2: yeah some of those look pretty steep
1: yeah well there's only three hills in the whole run i reckon but they just yeah. go for two k's and then it just flattens and drops and then you hit the same hill again a couple of k's later Loved you it do one
0: big was. loop or you're doing... Um... Uh, I did an out and back.
1: Like a 14.5k out and back, which got me right. back to the car. And then you'll see that got me to 29k. And then K30 was 48 metres up. And then, yeah, 31 was a bit further up the hill as well. And then I turned around, finished on a downhill. I'll get to that on a Sunday, though. Let me take in a Monday first. Um, I ran 13k at 4.39 pace in the morning. Nice and easy. Loved the Monday morning run. Just like permission to go slow. Whatever the body feels like running at, that's what I do. Um, In the afternoon, I did 6K with 9 by 15 second hill strides. And I did 9 because I miscounted. I thought I'd done 8, but it turns out I'd done 9. Just got like this sandy hill not far from my house. And a fun fact for you boys, you know Peter Norman, the Australian silver medalist at the Olympics. 200 meter runner. 200 meter, Mexico City. Yep, very significant. My,
0: my, My grandfather was very good friends with him.
1: Really? So, yeah. he, so his family from his first marriage uh, live in achuca. If you've read his book, he talks a bit about Etchua, and his son has the uh, Strava CR up this hill, which I've had a couple of cracks at over the years and haven't been able to get it. Like obviously, when Peter Norman's your dad, you've got a few fast twitch fibres there panned down, and it's um it's one of those crowns I just can't get. So, that's the uh the hill I'm talking about. It doesn't go for very long, but um Gary, his son. Has the CR? Um, Tuesday, you got out for some threshold work. Shock and night sleep Monday. Well, I don't know how you guys go Monday night after recording the show. Mm. Late at night, often hard to sleep. And then one of my kids decided to wake up at 2am or something. So it wasn't real good. I was tired though in the morning. Um, I did four by eight minutes at around, yeah, I went 3.15, 3.14, 3.12, 3.12, off two minutes jog. A bit windy but um i was surprised how tight i was with how the pace and the heart rate kind of looked for that workout and the good sign was the heart rate dropped i kept flicking over i didn't have it on during the um during the workout i just wanted to see it afterwards but then during the recoveries i just flicked it around just to just to see how high it was getting at the end of the reps and then how quickly it was dropping and i I think that's a good sign when you can do these workouts and it drops pretty quick in your recovery like it doesn't stay escalated there so um yeah that was good good to get some mileage in there when you're doing four by eight minutes with two minutes as well in the afternoon did 7k at 429s Wednesday just 70 minutes easy before work at 433s listen to that um Ali and Sinead episode Moose you must have recorded that on a Tuesday night maybe so that was good to hear what they're up to a few um a few good things in there obviously that relax when they're with you as well so yeah it was a good little show enjoyed that I'm sure you record- enjoyed recording
0: it yeah, it's funny. We have a message group, a lot of jokes in there. I was hoping to get a few more out of them, but they're not that funny, those two. So um, I have to make most of the jokes myself. And then
1: They all laugh in a bit at each <laughs> other. Not so much yeah. about, at you, but yeah. It's, I don't know <laughs> if we've ever recorded a podcast that's had as much giggling in it as that.
0: Yeah, they're little girls, aren't they, at heart. There's a
1: lot of giggling. You were giggling as well. Nothing wrong with giggling, just means you having fun anyway. Uh, Thursday, slowed things down, Croaks 20k at 407s. Four, four Went out to Rich River Golf Club and uh, back. That was a beautiful morning, actually. Sun just rising, a bit bit cooler. Um, people get out there teeing off golf pretty early, Moose. What time they tee off at the Anglesey one next to your place?
0: Oh, they weren't out when I was running you know, the other day. Nah. But Rich River, destination, mate. Yeah, you got the best in Australia, is yeah. 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 Well, yeah. not really, but it's just a great location for trips. Yeah, they got okay. the core, They got the accommodation out there. They got a restaurant. They're which putting was, houses uh, out there.
1: Did you know that? Ah, they're, uh, they're doing a yeah, subdivision did, yeah. in the house. No, like in the course now. There's a subdivision right next to it, but now they're going like next to like the I don't know 20th oh, yeah. hole or something.
0: Golf course living.
1: Yeah. So um, keen on that if if you're interested. Uh, How seven, much? How no, much a block? No idea. I haven't looked into that, but I can uh, I'll find out for you. Leave it on my list of things to do um in the arbo 7k 428s friday did a workout went on the grass track and they put the sprinklers on so like i was actually happy with this workout but it sounds pretty well not shit but just it doesn't sound anywhere near as good as i actually think it was i was pretty happy with it but it looks pretty basic uh it was 400 on 200 jog 200 a bit harder so try to like change gears up a bit from the 400 meter pace i've just done and then a 200 jog which gives you 1K, and I did that six times. Um, I went 71, 69, 69, 69, 67, 68 for the fours, and the twos were all in like 33, and I was kind of jogging the 200 meters in like 52. Um, But yeah, I'd like to think that on a synthetic track, I could be maybe at least a second, maybe two seconds quicker with the same kind of effort I was putting in there. Uh it's just good to be on, going around bends. It's just a bit rough. Like, you're hitting potholes, and, yeah, they leave the sprinkles on. I don't know if they put them on the night before or the morning, but, like, you're running and you can hear, like, you're hitting slushy bits where, you know, yeah. your feet, your socks are getting wet and stuff. So it doesn't look I'd good hate, on paper.
2: I'd hate to do that session on, on yeah. a grass oval. Yeah. I, You've I'd, got um, to check
1: the ego croaks when you do it. you I, just got to look at the splits and go, that's okay. These are, like, quicker than they actually are.
2: If I did to choose so between the grass track like that where it's not perfect or doing it on the road i'd do it on the road
1: isn't there something about training hard so you like race easy though
2: oh yeah i know, I know what you mean like you yeah. do definitely get strong doing reps on a grass track like yeah this but isn't I, like, just just seen... from an enjoyment point of view i'd be like oh, it's very hard. terrible yeah it's not much
1: fun <laughs> But I, um, and I have been doing all this stuff on the road previously, but I just thought I'd just jump on there once and uh, have a bit of a go. Um, I still think you get a different buzz from being on a track, even if it's a grass track, that's different than the road. Something about hitting the bends and, yeah, I don't know. And it's like, it's got spray painting the lines and stuff, but it's very much a, here's a soccer over, we're spray painting lines on. Not like, here's a mode track that we're trying to make a track. So it's yeah. like potholes and yeah, it's it's wet and like another thing is so what would you boys wear for shoes if you wanted to do a grass session not in spikes? What would be a go to? Considering been... it's a bit wet as well, so like
2: yeah, it'd be my old um, uh, like streak LTS
0: or something. Okay, what would you oh, go with? No, I couldn't do that. I couldn't yeah, no, no way. I haven't quite um, gone
1: down that path but
2: Because but the problem is if you if you wear sh- if you wear something that has like too much shoe, that makes it even yeah. less enjoyable.
1: You can't do that. So that's what I'm getting at. You can't get that. but there is a shoe that we've tested over the years that I yeah, think is perfect the RC2. for this. Yeah, the green one. R C one or R C two? Oh R C one, sorry. It's yeah. the R C one. That's yeah, the
0: that's, shoe I that's use.
1: That's what I would use. Yeah. yeah. Which street
0: oh, streak sixes as well.
1: Well, you want they're, a bit of you want low profile. you want something that can grip a bit though, yeah. not so much low profile, but you want that that grip. So that's yeah. another thing. I'm doing it in a shoe that, like, I probably would never chuck that on now to do road workouts on, or um, well, road workouts in. So yeah, um, effort was there anyway. Seven k in the afternoon at four thirty ones. Got out for a sixteen and then seven k double on Saturday, pretty easy. And then yeah, hit these hills about forty minutes from home on. Um, Sunday, I was planning to go out there with Archie, but um, he didn't make the uh, meet-up at 7 a.m., so I went out solo, which 32K solo is a long way, um, over some hills, 14K out and back, 425 metres of climbing. I liked it. I like running hills. Okay, He's so, so proud of I'm himself. So up and about. If you so about If I get out, out like- there 10 weeks in a row, I want to get out there, Moose. Give me 10 <laughs> weeks of this in a row.
0: You realise that 32K... Real croaks and this is actually a flat run for croaks and i 32k i'm just 4, 424
1: i just remember what you looked like trying to go up the hills of bandura and i reckon you'd struggle up these ones <laughs> this
0: is yeah i i still just don't think i'm good at hills i'm just saying 424 is is a flat day like we have sought out a flat course down the coast for this
1: didn't you just say 500 meters you did over over 31k 525
0: yeah you, you're 100, that's 100 meters more than me yeah,
1: a hundred. Okay, next time I'll just go up one hill an extra time. That will get me an extra hundred meters.
0: Well, it won't really, because the hill's forty meters.
1: No, nah, it's more than that, isn't it? It's more than that. Look at that. It you know, Goes seventeen forty forty four climbing the one of the hills. There we go. I'll do it. One hundred sixty three k. Feeling good. Just, just motivated. Just motivated to string weeks together.
2: Just found just a to... race
1: yet? Other than mm, the marathon? Nah, no, nah, I haven't. There's um. There's that wellness run on the day after Zatapak, and I'm going to be at Zatapak, so I'm thinking about maybe doing like a 10K there. You there
0: know, you
1: go. Down at St. Kilda that,
0: You know what that would be good for? What's that? Your social media.
1: Oh, yeah, it could be good, wouldn't it?
0: Go win that race. Go win that race. A few little pictures along the way. Make a run montage. Run 28.50. Make a montage Make real. on your Instagram. Yeah, and could do, do like cut in a few bits, like three will be race.
1: there, take some photos of me.
0: Oh, get him waking. Get him your like. Get him in your room, and have have him film you when you wake up. Nah,
1: you know what they always do. It's always making coffee.
0: Oh yeah, coffee. Yeah, Good.
1: it's always pushing the coffee machine button.
0: Bit of a flat lay. Or do that one where it's like you're getting dressed, and you throw the um, throw like your shorts at the camera, and then the next thing like, oh, yeah, split then they change. Yeah, and then you're... <laughs> I don't know how they do
1: that. eh? technology <laughs> these days. I always get blown away when I see that. <laughs> Pretty good going those uh, those social media. It's more the YouTubers, I reckon, that do that stuff. Day in oh. the life. Okay. Anyway, who are we thanking for Patreon croaks? Kick things off.
2: Uh, I got Alex Kloppers. Um, his Strava's locked down, but it does say that he's living in Taiwan. Uh, and then I put his name into like a you know that website that you used to use, Brady, mm. the race yep. ID or something. And he may have run 42.44 at the 2008 Bridge to Brisbane. So
0: if that's you, Alex, thanks for your support.
1: On you, Alex. Moose, who you got? Yep.
0: i got Ryan Warren. So Ryan is from Mount Clear, Victoria, which is Ballarat. Uh, ran 2.45 at the recent Melbourne Marathon. He may have also run 35.44 at Albert Park 10K. 76 minutes at last year's Geelong Half. Used to be a track cyclist, mm. lecturer in exercise and sports science at Fed Uni. I think he's tested um Toby before actually, maybe done a VO two test on Toby. Or it was testing him for those shoes. You remember when he was building up at Road to Valencia, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he was considering testing different shoes. That was um I think that was Ryan that reached out to him about that. Mm. Um he's interested in the fields of biomechanics, physiology and strength and conditioning. Especially when applied to the uh, sports of cycling and running.
1: Good on you, Ryan. Thanks for your support. Thanks, Ryan. I'm going to thank Sean Ventham from London, best 5K of 1703 at the Battersea Park. Is that the one? Do they always complain about that being GPS friendly? I think Battersea Park,
2: but. Yeah, it is Battersea Park, but I'm, I'm guessing the uh, some of these races are legit and official.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, I think it's more when people upload it to Strava for their um, kudos counts. Yeah, I reckon
0: Reese Reese used to do a lot of workouts in there, in Battersea Park. Yeah, I think like it's pretty Reece popular, Edmund, isn't when it? When he was there. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it's a real marathoning spot.
1: How far around
2: London, is it? You
0: know? London's industrial estate. Yeah. Is it Uh, it
1: far? Because isn't there Regent Park in London as
0: well? I think you can do a couple of turns there, like a a couple of loops. Sorry, like you can take a turn and cut it shorter. Um, Yeah, I I used to see it pop up a lot with him, Tony Tony Payne and uh, Malcolm Hicks. Malcolm Hicks. Yeah, there's a bit of a group of them that used to get into it.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, His ten k is thirty six twenty seven which according to Croaks, but I've got, I actually coached Sean, and I've got his sign-up sheet here for run to PB Croaks, and he's run 35.06. So you're a bit off there, but good good points for trying. One eighteen oh five for the half marathon. What do you got? 79. Jeez, I should have helped you out here, Croaks. And 2.44 for Valencia is correct. Recently... Time trials, um,
0: don't Time trials don't count, mate. For what? For these times, these PBs. We know that.
1: No, these are his... Oh, you mean Croaks' ones. Yeah, no, these,
0: no, your ones. No, nah, these,
1: these are these are on his races, mate. He filled these in himself.
0: These are legit. That's not, wait, he filled them in himself. Yeah, this is
1: a sign up form to get coached.
0: He's oh, yeah, you double check
1: that. I'm not going to go through everyone's <laughs> everyone's times and check them. Hey, I'm going to
0: go fill a sign up form. Most
1: of the time, they got races listed next to him. Um, he got a puppy recently. signed up to do Barcelona Marathon next year. Uh, I think he works at Shawbrook Bank as a Senior Manager of Corporate Development. There we go, boys. That's our title for the week, that one. Yeah. So uh, And is a great fella. So thanks, Sean, Ryan, and Alex, for your support of the Inside Rain Podcast. If you enjoy what we do on this show, like the content, you can support us on patreon.com forward slash Inside Rain Podcast. Uh, heaps of bonus content recently. Obviously, the Sinead and Ali episode. Um, before that, we did one with Christian and Toby. We'll be catching up with those two boys soon. Who are the croaks? You're doing one this week?
2: Yep,
1: Thursday. The Road to Berlin boys are coming soon. Um, I'm putting all the Inside the Mind episodes up um, ASAP once I record them on the Patreon feed, whereas I'm kind of drip feeding them throughout the month of November. So you also get early access to that. You get the show, the uncut version, on a Monday night. Plenty of benefits if you want to support us over there on Patreon. See the link in the show notes. Running news, boys.
2: Who's your next interview, Brady?
1: uh the next one might be you i think croaks actually it's gonna have to be you moose or zaka should see me dms me dms went off the chart because i said in the intro the first one that i've only got eight people booked and i want to do 10 episodes mm. so i reckon people like people just sliding in suggesting people which is there's some good suggestions but i also think you can't do an episode like that with somebody that you've never like spoken to or met before That you've got to have some kind of relationship with them or you know what I mean? Because they're pretty yeah, heavy yeah. questions. So I do. I'll talk about it in the intro of the next episode about some of the suggestions that have come in and why they're not appropriate. But um, yeah, and I'm very thankful that people send them in. But you've got to have some kind of connection to, to ask those kind of questions. I think. Um, run a new snooze and bolt happen. I watched this on Saturday night. I thought Craig Mottram was about to have a heart attack on the, um, the commentary. I reckon he was blowing harder than Jack Rayner was by the end of this, uh, this call. Jack Rayner got you the like, win.
0: You like the commentary?
1: He's high energy, isn't he? Yeah. But have you he always Grant, been like
2: that? Grant Penny, you No know, so when yeah. Grant Penny commentates the, um, the Tassie carnivals over Christmas, yeah, Christmas New Year period, very similar energy, I reckon.
1: Yeah. Which I don't mind because it's very much like call it like it's a horse race.
0: But do you think um, Mottram, like we got a, one of the best runners of all time in Australian in um, in a should he be making the call like that or should he be providing insights like slowly? He should. He should be, yeah. expert, he should be expert comment. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you need a, a guy who's so knowledgeable to just be calling calling the race as if it is like a He's, horse race uh,
1: but he was like also the hype man and stuff as well he was yeah. doing like three jobs it's
0: like in the
2: footy where you have like bruce bruce doing the commentary and then they throw down to one of the ex-footy players
0: for their comments or whatever but yeah. you, i think he had to do that in um in person too so he was commentating for the crowd at the finish is he that was right? yeah. yeah yeah he was on the it,
1: ground like on the finish line yeah.
0: That is hard work. I mean, that is a fucking, that is a high pressure job. That one. He
1: seems yeah. to enjoy it though. Like he obviously like gets up and about for it.
0: Yeah. Well, you're taking on a role. I thought it was interesting because it was it's an ASICs event, and he's a on um, employee, I would guess you would say. Especially you would say on representative, definitely. And so he was getting around in like an ASICs um, polo shirt with a with a logo, and he was in media on TV and stuff with ASICs on. Like, it was just an interesting, um, probably, take. You you step outside the on-roll altogether for that.
1: that, What about, I found it interesting too, because he's obviously, like, building up Jack Rayner, like getting the crowd involved, how good's Jack, this and that. But then, like, Zach Faccioni was coming, like, third or fourth.
0: And I'm like... An athletic coach. Yeah, like,
1: that's, that's that's your coach. You're like, I feel that would be a hard situation to put
0: him in. Hard to be impartial.
1: I'd be like, we should be going out there and, yeah, go on these blokes. Anyway, Jack Roney got the win. So this was stagger start, female start first. Did anyone know exactly what the gap was this year? I think they changed two the minutes, year. I think, Two I think, minutes, I think. it was, was like it?
2: two minutes, yeah. Yeah,
1: so he did catch, um, caught Caitlin Adams pretty close to the finish line. Um, so Jack ran 13.56. Andre Waring was the second male across the line in 14.04. June Tobbers was third in 14.14. All eyes were pretty much on Jack chasing down the ladies, though. You didn't really get to see much of Andre and Jude until they kind of come in at the finish line there. Caitlin Adams did her best to try and um, run away with it, and then, yeah, probably 100, 150 metres to go. Jack went past her, so she ran 16 minutes flat. Cara Fair and Ryan were second in 16.07, and Zoe Buckman, a bit of a return to form here. We've seen her come in a few races recently, but this is the one where I think she, she made it stick for as long as possible. Um, third in 16-17. What a year Caitlin Adams has had, winning the Noosa Bolt, also 12th at the um, World Road Running Championships, second at Sinead down at Bernie Town a couple of weeks ago, who's pretty much the goat of Australian distance run at the moment. So good to see Caitlin Adams get the win there, fellas.
2: Was she your one to watch this year, was she? She Brady. Certainly was. <laughs>
1: Watching very closely about wasn't, every week. wasn't half yet.
0: obvious. Yeah, I'm, 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 trying to. I'm like, yes, yeah, I think she had a pretty good year, but geez, I can't remember anything like staggering. Yeah, I've had. Uh, yeah, I, think my,
2: I think my, two. Obviously, we'll be recapping this in a what six weeks or so. But I think I had. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, I think Morgan McDonald, and he obviously had a rough. Rough first half to the year, but then, you know, his last few months has been pretty decent. And then, uh, Steeple Chaser who's our uh Amy Cashin? Oh, Amy. Cashin, yeah. So, don't think Amy's done a lot. She went to World Champs, I, uh... so, didn't she? Surely, yeah. we're doing
0: this, Surely, we're doing this at the end of the year, not now. Yeah, we are. We There's are. still I some yeah. time to go. I was just trying to remember who I had. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember.
1: It was good. good to watch on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, that kind of race. Uh, what how, how the crowds break? Crowds are huge, they're, yeah. They're like four or five deep. Awesome. Is it bigger mm. fields as well? Like, did it used to be a bit elitist back in the day? I feel like there was like fifty guys running around that race.
2: Yeah, I reckon it used to be like a. It was probably like a seventeen-minute sort of cut off. Oh, for men, nah, quicker. Yeah, no, I reckon I, it would. No, I don't reckon. I, it, it, was, 15 I reckon minutes. it was about. Seven, I still reckon it was about seventeen, but people who were running seventeen just didn't enter. Like they sort of just didn't want to be
0: like part of it in a way. yeah. It'd be, it would be a bit rough and lonely out there with all the um, yeah. turns being that far back.
1: Yeah, And you'd end up getting a lap wouldn't you too I reckon. Nah. Maybe, don't know. 71 finishes across both genders. Uh, New York happened in the early hours of this morning. You guys watch it? I've seen the highlights so I can talk about it a bit.
0: I saw the, the women's mile finish, that's all I've seen. A
1: pretty epic finish wasn't it? Five of them
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, coming was... in. Oh, I only saw it by the t- when I started watching, three left only.
1: Okay. Was Cosguy the first? Was Cosguy the fourth? She was out by then. Yeah, was, yeah. in the orange. Helen Beery got the win. First person in 34 years to do the Boston-New York double in the same calendar year. She won in at 227.23. Let's and back 227.29. And Sharon Lokidi, who was a winner last year, um, she ran 227.33. Uh, they just jogged in they boys from what I saw no attack of a record attack of the pace and just made it a good old-fashioned kick down
2: can't comment Brady I I recorded it but I uh, went to work today so I didn't have time to sit and watch it unfortunately
1: yeah well that's what I saw in the highlights that there was still a bigger pack and they um they slowed things down and then yeah, kicked it down good yeah. you just can't win a race can she I swear no. I, I said it six months ago and you guys had a crack at me
0: it's really weird watching her finish though. She, like, looked amazing. Mm, she looked like she was about to absolutely brain them all. And then all of a sudden, Ibiri just went and, and she looked terrible. <laughs> she looks like a crazy person, like, running for home. And Gide looks beautiful behind her. And then a gap develops and a gap develops. And you're like, hold on. What's, what am I watching here? Like, this doesn't seem right. It should be Gide winning right now. Yeah. Ibiri just tough as nails. And, I mean, obviously fast, too, but, yeah, like, all that marathon training she does, still fast, though.
1: Yeah, well she always was, wasn't she? When she kicks, not many people can go with it. She throws the arms everywhere. Whereas, yeah. whereas Giday probably, um, she looks nicer in the finishing kick. Like, her technique doesn't change.
0: Yeah, and she, and she looked like she finished seemingly comfortable, which I guess if you jog for 40k and then kick home, it's not going to feel that bad. Like, it, yeah, it's a really hard mile at the end, but you've, you haven't really spent yourself like if it went from halfway and you just ran 20k hard. So, it, yeah.
2: And Gide probably backed herself, because like, I'm, I'm guessing all these girls felt, felt pretty comfortable at that pace, and Gide's probably thinking, well, as long as I'm here, like, I can probably win in the last K because, what, is she the third fastest 5K runner of all time? Like well, she certainly run faster than what Helen O'Beary's run over 5K in terms mm. of PBs. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Would have still been a good payday for her in second. Well, um,
0: yeah. I mean, O'Beary, 100 grand. Was it? Uh, 100 us for the win well yeah tola got 100 grand us for the win oh, you no. sent us that today brady no
1: no no that was for winning the world marathon major like the abbots you know it does a point score thing oh you know how they take the results over like two years Are you sure yeah
2: oh. tola's victory okay, but-
1: marks his first world marathon major title after claiming two third place finishes previously, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, that, that oh, means hang on, it's no, his no, first, no. It's
2: his first major win break. Yeah. So he wins 100 grand okay. for winning the race and another 50,000 for breaking the course record.
1: Just from yesterday? Yeah. Geez. Is that documented? Were you sent it to sent us. I know, oh, I did. But before oh. today, did you know that? I've never no, ever heard anyone grand. say, oh, yeah, New York's 100,000 for the winner.
2: Well, I wouldn't be surprised. That's, oh, I don't
0: it seems see about it's... right. It's New York City Marathon. Oh, I
1: know. I'm not saying it shouldn't be that way. I'm just saying I didn't know if that was documented. And when I first read it, I thought that was because he won the World Marathon Majors, like, circuit thing.
2: Yeah, but this article that you sent it from is referring to the New York Marathon. Mm. It says here, the women's and men's winners each earned 100000 for their performances. Toller won an additional 50000 bonus for breaking the course record on Sunday. So, yeah. So, another oh, yeah. US too, so... It's almost like, what, 200,000 Aussie.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, first thing you Google, comes up, 100 grand. Mm. Not a bad payday. I only sent that to you because um he didn't do Sydney, and now yeah. he's gone on 150,000 US. So uh, there's something for you. We are meant to see him against you, Moose. Albert Correa. Oh, so Tola ran a course record. We said that, 204.58. Yeah, he's going all right,
0: isn't
2: he? That's, Albert that's quick, that's quick over there.
1: And he won by two minutes. Well, yeah, 1 minute 59 seconds 2.06 yeah. for a career in second six fifty seven, and Katata good to see him back 2.07 11 um, he ran a 14.08 I'm going to say between 25 and 30k or was it 30 and 35k but somewhere in there he put the foot down and ran away with it pretty cool to see by Tamarat
0: Cam Levins, your boy my boy DNF
1: did see a tweet from him this morning saying he didn't feel good from the start.
0: Could could you imagine running 170 miles a week? Like, quick conversion on that for me. 60, 70. Like, oh, what does it equal? Like 250k a week or something? (laughs) 272. To to not finish the race. (laughs) Like, there's people out there running 20k a week who finish the race. This bloke's running 272k a week can't finish
1: the race. He doesn't want to just finish though. Yeah.
0: I know, you but know that. but come on. Like how much like you're running 3 times a day thinking of this race and then you pull out before halfway? That just like it, it's just a comical situation in he, my mind.
1: This is what he put on Twitter. Quick update from today: not injured or anything. Just felt real crummy from the start, and things didn't improve. We'll take some time to rest and reevaluate training, then get back and be better.
0: Yeah, like he did run two hundred
1: five early in the year, though, didn't he? So this is what happens when you train like that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
0: Yeah, but I, like, can you imagine running three times a day, and like you ran 153k this week Mm. add another 120 on that somehow it triples yeah yeah fuck just the mind numbingness of it like you would just be thinking and you think about this race coming up the whole time and then you're out before halfway it doesn't
1: um it's that old like the work you put in doesn't equal the result like yeah. his, his like return on his investment and i'm talking about his time as an investment what he's put into it to get a yep. dnf you're just like that's pretty cruel yeah, yeah
2: i guess he's at the point where it's like well if i can't win this or at least podium then i don't really want to yeah i don't care about it
1: yeah go again reload yeah uh the new south wales 3k champs croaks looking you tell me about that
2: uh, so I watched, I saw the men's race here. So Josh Phillips uh, took the lead maybe halfway through and was able to sort of grind out the win. Um, you know, with the last, in the last lap, it was pretty much, yeah, Josh Phillips, Sam Clifford and, and Connor Whiteley. Um, Josh got the win in 8 flat, point zero one. Sam Clifford, uh, second, 8 minutes, point six three, And Connor Whiteley, third in 8.05. Uh, the women's race, Holly Campbell, she was in front at 200 and was ahead uh, at the finish line, ran 9.04. Carly Thomas, second 9.07. And Jayla Hancock-Cameron was third in 9.11. Yeah.
0: Uh, Carly Thomas? Is she not at school right now?
2: Is yeah, it... I know. She must be back over here. Washington.
0: Yeah, yeah I thought so because she just signed that next-in-line deal. Yeah, with so on, I don't
2: know. Maybe yeah, she just hasn't, hasn't gone back yet. But, she, um, yeah, she closed in like a 60, she had the quickest last lap of the race. So she was a fair way behind with a lap to go and ended up being, yeah, three seconds behind in the end.
0: Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty good field for the ladies there in the yeah. ladies' field. The men's is pretty
1: good too. It's,
2: it gets tough, like, because they had obviously Noosa. So there's a few New South Wales people up in Noosa as well. Um oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Good. The other bit of news was uh, well, we got Elise Cranny leaving the Bowman Track Club. You picked this last week, Moose. Well done on the whisper. You said <laughs> she was going.
0: Box ticked.
1: No anymore. Where's she going? What's she doing? Nah, no. no idea. This female name. None of them have ever announce where they're going, do they?
0: No. Where are they going to pop up? Because no one has, right? Yeah. Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid never went anywhere, really, did he? Didn't he
1: go to that guy? Um, is it Mike Smith?
0: Oh, is he there now?
1: But Mike Smith doesn't actually officially have a group, so it's just like you're just yeah. kind of with Mike Smith's coaching you, but you're kind of doing your own thing a bit as well in, in flag in, stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay, gotcha. So, yeah,
1: I know the Coffee Club boys were saying that, like, Grant knows his own training and could just coach himself and just be in flag stuff.
0: It's funny that um, he's gone from a coach who took a job as a college coach and left for whatever reason but let's just say it wasn't getting enough attention as a um because like that was one of the one of the theories we that's getting talked about not dedicating enough time to the professional athlete to go and get coached by another coach who's <laughs> a head co- or who's a coach in yeah. a college that's doesn't seem like it would be the reason why he left it? Seems like Well, it seems like, though, with
2: Bowman, it was almost like a package deal that if you're part of Bowman, you live where Bowman are based, which is obviously Eugene, whereas I suppose if you leave Bowman and you go to Mike Smith, Mike Smith will write you the program, but you have the option then of, you know, training in Flagstaff for a bit or then, you know, living in Portland. Um, and then also, I think Mike Smith probably coaches people from all, who are sponsored by all different sort of brands and then they just come together and train together.
0: Is that I don't know anything about it, to be honest.
2: Well I think he coaches yeah, like I think he coaches people from all different sort of who are sponsored by all different brands that are pros. Because he's obviously got Galen, um Woody, uh there's a couple of others as well, I think. Um I don't think they're all I don't think they're all Nike based.
1: Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Anyway,
2: yeah. Don't know too much about it.
1: And a bit of drug news croaks. Yeah, so trend. we would have
2: so we would have spoken about this oh, whenever she was first banned. But Nora Gerutu of Kazakhstan, so she won the World Championship steeple uh, in Eugene. So she was banned, uh, I guess, a while ago um, for well, not so much for blood doping, or she wasn't, she didn't have a positive test. It was to do with her um, pass, like that blood passport. And so it's been sort of overturned as a result of them proving that she had COVID and also um, like stomach ulcers and these stomach ulcers caused her to lose like significant amounts of blood um, which affected supposedly these, you know, biological passports. Um, The, what is it? They uh, they do have the option to appeal. Um, Yeah. So the athletics integrity unit, which brought the charges will review the decision before deciding whether to appeal to the court of arbitration for sport. So um, yeah, seems
1: a bit a bit odd. Yeah. Mm. Watch this space
2: on that one. I guess that's the problem with like proving somebody's take like, it's different if somebody's had a positive drug test, but even then with the Peter Bowl, like even though somebody's tested positive, it doesn't necessarily mean they're taking drugs. This is even harder to detect because they haven't tested positive to anything. It's just a change in their, in their, I guess, blood work. Um, and that's how they get banned people. So
1: the whole thing's yeah. a real shit show, I reckon. It is, yeah. Real hard. All right, listen listener question. Uh, hmm, let's go with
2: running elevation versus strength training. Equal benefits or one greater than the other? Thanks, and that comes from Jack Wagonet. I'll just che- that's his Instagram. I'll just check.
0: That's yeah, from Jack. On your Jack? What do mm. you reckon, Moose? Oh, very different. So, um, definitely not equal benefits. If you're considering, let's say you have patellofemoral issue, right, and so you need some quad strength. Well, going out and running up a hill might get you some quad strength but it's also doing it with a lot of high impact activity and it it's not like heavy resistance training you don't get, there's a, there's a few things here. <laughs> so the, the first thing is that you, resistance training you do heavier generally and so you can apply much more load to the muscle that you're trying to strengthen um, to get bigger adaptions than just by going up a hill which is less load more often um and you have also going up a hill or going down a hill can condition yourself to to that movement for sure um but you don't necessarily go through like the range to really strengthen those muscles as well so it's very sort of smaller range you're not doing as heavy work uh you might not be actually isolating the muscles like you want to if you really want to target that strength um, benefit so it's quite it's very different and and there's the risk associated with it too so yeah you might get stronger glutes if you go and run up hills every day but your risk of getting injured doing that is is pretty high because it's 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 high level load on 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 certainly your knee going downhill um and uphill, like maybe your calf and Achilles takes a fair bit of brunt running uphill a lot. So it's yeah, it's, it, I don't I don't look at it like that. Okay,
1: croton and dad.
2: Uh, yeah, look, I don't think they're equal benefits. Uh, I think if you don't have the ability to run over hills, then it's definitely worth some form of strength training to be over like to be an overall stronger athlete. Um, but you know most people listen to this podcast don't have time to train like run heaps plus do strength training so like i think you can get a lot of your strength from running hills um like you know, guys like deke and mona like i don't think they spend a lot of time in the weights room um so i think if you can run over lots of hills then you probably don't need to be in the gym quite as much if your time like obviously if you if you got all the time in the world do both but um if your time poor and you can run over hills then that's that's pretty good, um, but if you don't have any elevation in your week, then some strength training is probably worth worth looking
1: at. Good work, fellas. Some real expert advice there from you too.
2: <laughs> Get ready to lace up for a cause that matters. More than a run, powered by Lululemon, is a hybrid event spanning across Australia and New Zealand, uniting the running community to support men's health. Join as an individual or enter a team with your club or run crew and choose to run the More Than A Run 10K, 30K, or 60K on November 25th. For more information on how to get involved, visit morethanarun.com.au.
0: Moose on the loose, what do you like this week, Moose? Oh, How's well. the dog fence going? It's actually going all right, Good, to be honest. Like, it, it, it needs a bit more training on it. I need a few more flags, but he's, he's going all right. The problem is, now I've got these fucking snakes that... If- <laughs> I can't really just let him out in the backyard. So he's back on the deck again, locked in. So it's only going to really work on cold days or winter. Yeah, but we'll get there. I've got to work out a solution. He actually prefers it inside in his crate anyway. Luck's been in there like cooler than on the deck. The deck gets pretty hot. But drivers, drivers. Oh, I was so mad tonight. So mad at these people that drive through the street like these are streets that families live on and they it, it's the kind of community where kids play in the street you know like they'll go and they'll be playing cricket and then a car comes and they jump off the side or they've got a dog and the dog's kind of just running around like it's no big deal and you've got these fucking dickheads that put their foot down Drive like 80k an hour through a 50k an hour street, whip around blind corners. And it correlates to the, the long weekends and the summer holidays and the times when the town gets an influx of people from the city. So, like, I don't understand why, if you come to a small town, you think that you can kind of just drive like with no regard for other people like that and no regard for kids like this if there, i'm out running and i've been, had Pia, like on the um breeze got her on the bike seat and they whip around on a dirt road like within a meter and a half of us fucking hell. like you you you're messing with people's lives do don't you get put it.
1: do you put your arm out like just show and like slow down like wave your arm oh That's I, what I I do. Think-
0: I was thinking about putting a sign up on this one notorious corner and, and the sign would say, if you don't slow down, you might get a rock through the windshield or something like that. Okay. And, I just, and I just think, all right, well, maybe this guy, maybe the guy that whips around the corner here thinks that's a bluff. Or maybe he thinks, fuck, there's a 10% chance that's not a bluff and if I speed around here, the person waiting will just chuck a rock through my windscreen. And that causes him to slow down a little bit to the speed limit now that's enough for me then maybe that I get one out of ten people like that uh, or maybe I sit behind that corner and fucking throw rocks through people 's windshields
1: <laughs> have you got and police in Anglesey
0: like part time yeah and they they ain't putting speed cameras up around that area that's what i'm thinking this is this is what I'm talking about like you've got to take the law into your own hand <laughs> if if the police aren't there to enforce the law, then it comes down to the community to do it. So and it comes You've got to stand up for your community. And so I have, a, I have a perfect place set up. One little pebble through that window, what do they do? They stop. They go, what the fuck are you doing? I said, slow down. Look, the sign warned you. You've done <laughs> this for five days in a row. You would have seen the sign by now.
1: And then he pulls a knife out.
0: Mate, have you seen me street? You haven't seen me street fight yet. No, I haven't. I told you last week I was Rambo. I've got a whole past <laughs> life. they make movies about me one day.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. Black <laughs> belt karate or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's just street style. Street
1: style. Mm. Oh, very good. Who's I, typing I, other stuff in here? Coach yeah, you in a
0: couple. Yeah,
2: I got a, a couple
1: just there from
2: the last week. You know, so ones around these around shoe regulations again. So, one of the guys I coach, he's like relatively new to running would like to run a 10k on the track and the uh eight so the act 10k champs are on this coming weekend so he contacts act athletics and they've basically said for him to run the act 10k champs he has to comply to the world athletics shoe standards now the act 10k champs literally has like five people in it max like I, and so he hasn't done a lot in spikes and i'm not going to put him out there a pair of spikes for 10k when he's hardly running them but it's just it's just killing the sport especially when you like surely it wouldn't be that hard to put an asterisk against you know if you've got five people in the field it's pretty easy to go through what shoes you're wearing are they compliant yes tick 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 okay your your time doesn't necessarily count yes you can obviously time it yourself and you've run 10k on the track in a race but it's not going to be on a world athletics profile like surely it's not that difficult especially when you consider it wasn't that long ago that if you look at people like Stewie, so Stewie's 10,000-meter PB on his World Athletics profile, I'm pretty sure was from Box Hill that night in a pair of super shoes. Um, Brady, your PB... Oh, I was there that night with him, yeah. set my well,
1: PB the same night.
2: If your official PB on World Athletics is in a pair of super shoes. Now you're basically stopping people from running a 10K on the track in a pair of super shoes, even if they don't care so much about their time being super official. It's, it's a just, stupid rule.
1: Oh, I don't like, get If I, they were that super on the track, why doesn't everyone wear them in track oh. races?
2: I, I agree. I reckon they just open it up to the track and then... Let people yeah. run. Because I, I
1: get it Well, at least let them run and give them an asterisk, like you said. Yeah, like, so for, for...
2: Yeah, and it's okay. Like, let's say there was four or five races at the ACT 10K champs. Okay, the A race, then you potentially have to do it, which that will be this race because there'll only be one race. Whereas, you know, you go to... Uh, I don't know, probably even like Vic, Vic 5K, the B race. You could probably wear super shoes and yeah, race that night and, and not have an issue. Um, I, I did actually reach out to somebody on this topic and the issue is that they actually have to pay a certain amount of money or apply for meets to have world, or basically be um, accredited with world athletics so that people can actually qualify for, you know, nationals and and world championships and, and that sort of thing and everybody in the race needs to comply to those regulations but it just like it, it just seems to be really bad for the sport like here's this guy that you know he ran what 16 30 park run on the weekend wants to go and run a 10k track race and he won't he won't do it now because it's uh plus act athletics misses out on his 30 dollars entry fee
0: yeah it's, um, it's a barrier isn't it it's a barrier oh. to get people to run
2: yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one. And my other one was just yesterday. So, one of the guys I coach, um, I, when I was doing my 30 minute run, I sort of worked out roughly what time the guy should get through sort of eight to nine K. And I saw him way ahead of time. And so I had to sort of take a few back streets to get onto the course so I could actually see him. And I'm like, mate, like, there's no one behind you. He's like, oh, yeah, missed, missed a term within the first K. And I'm just like, oh, like, how does how does that happen like like marshals like there's a lead bike with him at that point but there's no lead bike in the first like k um just yeah i don't know just that stuff annoys me when people people train hard they go there to have like a pretty legit race and their their race is potentially ruined um in the first kilometer because there's no marshals at all and the lead bike comes in you know too late um yeah as it turns out because it was a two-lap course the bit that he missed on the first lap, he tried to make it up on the second lap. Um, yeah, but anyway, there a couple of rants from me.
1: Good work from you. I like that. Being a bit muzzled it's, the last you know couple the, of months would be shooting. You know he's he got moves.
0: But the real problem with this is not the marshal. They're, they're a volunteer. It's the, dis, the, the directions the given. Yeah, you, it, they get treated like it's all common sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of it is, but at the same time, like if I've organised a race before or, or been involved with it, like you don't take chances. You don't go, oh, they'll know what to do there. That's okay. You're like, this is what has to happen at this point. Like, and and there's no, like, there has to be very clear what the job is. Yeah. yeah. So what?
2: So what? Yeah. So what ended up happening was he tried to make up as much of the distance as he could, and when he crossed the line, like his watch said. Uh, I think it was like right on 21k, like maybe 20.98. So you know, it pretty much because I think the the part that he missed was maybe like four five hundred meters or something. So he made up most of it. He, he was he was that far in front that you know it wasn't an issue. And then they actually just gave him like a minute time penalty on top of it because um, he ran like 72, and then they put a time penalty on it, so it ended up being 73, which was still enough to to win the race. So. That's what they ended up doing, which, um, yeah. I guess the main thing was that he was still awarded the win, ran pretty much the course. Um, so, yeah, I'll give a shout-out to actually Zach for that, Zach Rosser and uh, Alex, um, who won the, the women's half. Yeah,
0: We don't shout-out the 10K winners, mate.
2: Well, we can, yeah. So the shout women's out, was uh, Ro- Ro- uh, Rosie Webber. So she's been named a few times. She runs 35-19, and Michael Chapman was uh, the winner of the men's in 32 32- uh,
1: twenty seven. Stewie had spikes on that night, Croaks. Was it oh uh, but remember was it? Was, was that, that the one it at Albert it? the one at Albert Park he did though? He had the red four percenters on. Yeah,
2: remember the yeah, so he had the four percents with the spikes in Remember that he doing did. that? Yeah, yeah That
3: yeah, was a yeah. thing for a while.
1: That yeah. was a thing. And I reckon these ones, two thousand and nineteen Moose, it looks like maybe an early edition of mm, Dragonfly.
0: Yeah, because do you know... The I reckon. 2019 Women's 10K World Championship Final, Sinead Diver only won on the track in a pair of super shoes. That was... And and I reckon if they... Like, that was very... That was still kind of traditional then. As in, when I say traditional, I mean like... um, I don't think that appreciated that super shoes would benefit you on the track. And then I reckon, it, like, if you had have done that a year later, they would all have super shoes on the track. Because then the college kids started wearing them and it just started to take off after that.
2: About would half
1: you, this field's got them, like Benny we, Saint's wearing them.
0: Yeah. Would
2: um, you have an issue, though, if they actually just made it, like, whatever, whatever shoes you wear on the road, you can
0: wear on the track and it's legal? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't have an issue with that. It just, I, I just yeah.
1: creates accessibility. It just makes yeah. it better.
2: And it cleans it up because there's people now whose PBs, like yourself, Brady, who, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> you're in a, or potentially at an advantage to people now that, you know, have to wear spikes or whatever. It's, yeah. Yeah, I just reckon just o- open it up. As long as they're they're road legal, you can wear them in any sort of, any race. I yeah, well, could... Jen
1: Gregson was in the, um, yeah, the next percent in this, when she won it this year. Mm. Have a look at that photo there. We got, um... Do you see that moose? I just sent it to you. It's Pat Tin and in a Matumbo and Stewie in a Oh no, maybe they're both dragonflies. You see the photo I sent you? Bad radio. Yeah. But remember Actually, it was you know, that, Remember that... it was a sprint finish that night, and I wonder if they're in different shoes, both Nike that, boys.
2: That front that black shoe doesn't look like the um dragonfly, does it? The plate the plate looks different.
1: Just sent a better picture, check that one out. <laughs> I've never seen the colorway of uh the one Pat's wearing, anyway. Where's yeah, Moose I mean, going on when we need uh, him, Crooks? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. That's a um, that's a Matumbo Pat's wearing. Yeah. You can, you can tell by the spike plate on yep. the um, on the front view, and then on the side view. Just have a look at the um, amount of foam on that forefoot. Look how flat that is whereas Stewie's got like that full-length foam. Mm.
1: So, oh, boy. So you said uh, Pat would have won if they were the sh- yeah. in the same shoe <laughs> that night?
0: No, no, you asked me what spike it was.
1: Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Controversy years later. Uh, whispers this week, fellas. So after this one to come in, Calvin Kipton is going to run Rotterdam Marathon. We got, yeah. that. we got that wrong last week, a bit of a translation issue with uh, my man on the ground in Kenya. Which is a big flex from Calvin to say, you know what, well, marathon majors don't need your money. I'm going to go run a second-tier marathon over in Rotterdam because my um, manager is the guy who puts the field together. I love that from Calvin. Then that's what we're going to see from Calvin. He's just going to do things not the traditional way in the sport. And that's what I love yeah. about him.
0: Thoughts? Rotterdam. Right, um, maybe they've organized some April, sort of, um, some that, like, we're not going to test you after this if you come run with us. You reckon?
1: Oh, I didn't think that. No, I thought it was just a draw card from his manager. But yeah, I guess they... Which, um, you have paid from Sydney yet? I've got to wait to get paid until <laughs> the drug testing comes back.
0: No, I haven't. But I know some of these big ones take a while to pay oh, up. I was just reading the contract
1: today and I was like, oh yeah, everyone's got to come back clean to get paid. Which I guess that's right because you've got to pay the right person, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't be... um, If you pay early, no one's giving money back, that's no. for sure.
1: Yep. Any whispers across your desks? That's all I had tonight.
0: Oh. Uh, mm. Well, what about um, Carly Thomas signing with, not, with ON? Still no um, group name, though. Next in line deal. Don't think you have to name a group yet. So, oh, so you're not sure which ON group? Well, she's Australian, so perhaps she, uh, perhaps she is locked into the Australian group or, or maybe she's going to be a rogue ON operator. I'm sure.
1: Okay. Anything you got croaks? Uh No. I
2: got very very little okay. this week.
1: What's coming up then, boys? What are you doing between now and next week, Bradley?
2: Uh been a bit of single parenting. Viv's off to Melbourne for spring carnival on uh she's heading down Wednesday to do the fashions on the Thursday.
1: Oh yeah, so, just why uh, I've got you on that. Like do you when she goes and wears a dress to these things, do you have to wear a suit that matches it?
2: Well, I often. Or a shirt or a re- tie or something? No, nah, you don't. Yeah. Well, only, if you're en- only if you're entering couples.
1: No, but if I'm just going, so I'm going to the races tomorrow, and I put a yeah. suit and a shirt on today just to check that it was ready to go, and Carly's like, you can't wear that, doesn't match my dress. And I'm like, mm. I don't think this is a rule. I'll ask Viv Croker. Yeah, no, I'll just ask Viv. Oh, she's got the headphones in. Don't worry I um, don't,
2: yeah. uh, that, that, that's, yeah, the only time you do that is, uh, I think, when you're like competing, because
1: yeah. they
0: do have like couples competitions.
1: No competing going on here. Mm.
0: Anyway, Luce, yep. what do you got coming up? Oh nothing. No, I'm back to work. Back to work tomorrow. Just putting hay in the barn. Yeah, I got nothing to do. I got no, like a we got a bit of a project. Got a bit of a project. Plan the season for second half twenty twenty four. So starting to see some pretty cool shoes come through that were released back then. Saw a really cool one from ASICs. Super Can't really shoe. talk about this stuff yet.
1: Performance um, shoe though um it's it's
0: from their performance running range
1: yeah Oh, super blast Two.
0: when's that coming um Just cough, i can't cough if
1: that's what we're talking about <laughs>
0: <laughs> i can't even do it i can't even do it
1: to you because what do you got i heard on shoe geeks there's another drop coming in december
0: yeah there is yeah.
1: so long run shoe only for me now my super blast
0: and then I just yeah save
1: yeah, them save them for long runs and then I'll just wait till put, December put
0: your name down chuck your name down put on our down. list or sort you out size and 8 it, thanks size 8 yeah they fit a bit big
1: I fit a bit big yeah anyway uh, interview this week boys Ryan Mannix thanks to Lululemon because so we're partnering partnering with Lululemon for the month of uh, November Ryan's one of the ambassadors rich history and running we used to live with Lee troop in Ballarat Moose so there's some um, Ballarat stories in there a um, bit of duathlon, a bit of yoga. Probably well known now for his yoga, but yeah, he used to kick around the AV scene. And I caught up with him today for about a forty-five minute chat. So I hope those uh, listeners enjoy this one. See you, boys. We're done.
0: Have a good week. See ya, hey mate. You guys.
1: This week's guest on the Inside Running podcast comes to us thanks to Lululemon, who are our partner all of November. Ryan Mannix is an ambassador for the brand and has a history in running a duathlon and now is the number one yoga man in Australia. That's my line I've given him anyway. Uh, he was also just telling me off air that he won his first park run on Saturday. Ryan Mannix, welcome to the Inside Running podcast.
4: Thanks, man. I'm lo- uh, lovely, lovely to be here. Stoked to have uh, this opportunity to chat to you and also to reach out to some of my old running mates and reflect on some of the old running memories that I have.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I was just saying to you off air when I first met you, you were uh, the yoga guy, and it wasn't until we were talking at the front of a hotel in Tokyo that uh, you started telling me about your running experiences. Your time living with Lee Troop and running for the Richmond Harriers and uh, Johnny Marr I think was your first athletics coach back in the day that I was like, oh shit, this guy actually is like a diehard runner at heart and then he's evolved into the yoga side of things. So looking forward to uh, unpacking a few stories and um, yeah, looking forward to just having a chat about all things, running, yoga, life. Maybe we'll get some Lululemon plugs in there about what kit you're wearing at the moment but um, yeah, massive thanks for giving us some time on a Monday morning.
4: Mate, thanks for having me
1: first one can you remember how you first got into running like were you one of those guys that did it as little athletics and just loved it from then on
4: well no I mean I was never really good at running early on I used to love skateboarding and hanging out with my mates and um but my old man my dad used to always be in a triathlon so um at a really young age let's say maybe seven or eight I used to go down with my bike and I'd go for their easy run on my bike next to them so it sort of got me into more of the community aspect it just seemed like a good time hanging out with mates um, they'd always be having a laugh and it was just that sort of easy run mentality and that sort of got me into it. And then it wasn't until um, I'd say high school where it sort of really kicked off. As you said, Johnny Marr was my first coach. Funnily enough, actually, I just went to Johnny Marr's, um John Marr, who's a quite a well-known running coach in, in Melbourne, uh, went to his 60th birthday on the weekend, oh, a couple of weekends ago. So it was great to see him and it's, it's great to see all the boys still um, up and about. He's had some great runners through. So it wasn't until then I sort of uh, – where I went to school, Marsland had a really good running program and I sort of – it was either go down the skate line, skateboard line, and I feel like a lot of the crew that I was hanging out with at that point were sort of skateboarding, doing street art, all that sort of stuff. So it was sort of, wasn't really the best sort of lane to be going down. So I chose the running lane and um, Johnny Marr took me under his wing and um, there was a really good – I mean, it was just such fertile soil sort of for good running at that point, like – He'd have me in, we'd jump in the car and roll down on a Sunday morning. This is when I was like 13 years old. We'd go down to Fernie Creek and you're running with the likes of like Julian Painter. And um, sometimes you'd even see like the old Deeks out and about um, at that point. And it was just really good. Like just to be in that sort of running circle um, from a really young age did definitely build the foundations for good running for my future. And running was it. This was like something that I wanted to be the best I could be in. Um, so I just trained hard and I never thought I'd be teaching yoga, that's for sure. I couldn't even touch my mm-hmm. knees at that point. So,
1: <laughs> Was it hard right training way. then? Like I just feel like some of the guys that have come out of that program were always, I could have it wrong, this was just from the outside looking in, but they seem to like be good at the longer distances at a young age. Like I'm thinking of like guys that might have been a bit younger than you, like Matt Colo, Steve Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah like i'm trying to think who else there but they always used to be strong and i always used to think like they must be doing a lot of work at a young age to be that strong
4: i mean i think because it was definitely very um johnny was always a marathon runner so i felt like the long run was always in the program it was probably the emphasis of the program speed work was there like definitely i know john with the, the boys that he's coaching now is doing a lot more speed work but Back in the day, it was always the run long at Fernie, a long run at Fernie on a Sunday, long run on a Wednesday. We'd either be out in Warren or Diamond Creek, running like the Dippers and all the hills and, and so forth on the Sunday. So really, just volume was was a big part of the program. And I, for instance, it doesn't work for everyone, but it definitely worked for me. I feel like the volume aspect of things helped me a lot. Um, didn't help me that much on the track, but you know, later on down the track when I started to do ten ks, fifteen half marathons, road running, it definitely sort of um, helped. And especially with cross country, cross country, as you know, like as a school athlete, cross country is a big sort of program. So you get to race every Saturday, you've got a big uh, cross country program, you've got the big champs, you've got the nationals and so forth. So having that aerobic engine from an early age, I think, helped a lot.
1: Yeah. Can you remember like some of your favorite races over the years? I yeah, know you was... won park run on the weekend, but like, what about what else? Could, <laughs> what, what can you throw back to? Tell us about some well, of your things that stick in your mind.
4: Well, definitely. Um, I remember we had this. We, some of the it was the schoolboys uh, cross country crew that were good. Um, that I think it was like a selected team um, went to race the Ballarat sort of division selected team. We had around a run around um, Lake Wenderi, which was the first time I've ever sort of done a lap of the lake. Then I went, funnily enough, I, I lived in Ballarat um, later on in my life, so I ran that lake pretty much every day of my life when I was living there. But the first, first day I remember we were out, the gun gone, had, had gone and got off to a good start, and I was sort of in the lead pack. There was probably four or five of us, and um, it's a long way around that lake if you sort of – because you can, you can you can just always see the finish, so it just seems like it's a long way around. But um, I just remember going to the front and, and running really well and – about 200 metres from the finish line, there was this massive puddle and I thought I'd just run through it. But it was as deep as my knees, so I fell over that 200 to go and um, ended up coming like third in that race. But it was a really memorable race. That yeah. that, and also the first time I made the big, big champs, I mean, that was a definite, definitely sort of like one of my um, goals as a high school athlete to make the Victorian Championships and just put on the Victorian jersey. And I remember in year 11, it was like they took the first seven places and I remember um Johnny Marl was on the course yelling out, You're in eighth, you're in seventh, you're in sixth, you're in seventh, you're in eighth and with like a hundred to go I just snuck in the seventh place and, and put the jersey on for the first time. And as you know, whenever you put a jersey on for the first time it's pretty pretty rewarding and it gives you motivation to keep going. Um and that and that's what it did. This is at Bandura. That was Bandura, yeah, you not yeah, the Hilly yeah. Bandura course, which It's a hard course, especially when it's windy and it's wet in cross-country season. It makes it even more challenging.
1: Especially when you're a junior as well. Like, listeners would have heard of, you know, Moose and I have raced there a number of times over talking about this, um, this podcast. But as a junior, it was real cutthroat because, as you said, like, it was, I think it was maybe, yeah, top six, top eight, whatever it was, like, you make that top position, you get picked in the Victorian team and all of a sudden you're the kid walking around school with all the Team Vic on, you get flown to, you got to sell the raffle tickets to get get flown yeah. to Nationals and, yeah, you get to put on the Big V, which was um, which is huge when you're in primary school.
4: Well, then I remember going to Oat Bank in Adelaide and we raced the Nationals at Oatbank. Oh, I
1: went that I was, year. I you went,
4: well, I was yeah. wide of the ghost. I, I, I felt so nervous and I stood on the start line and I, I couldn't even feel my body and the gun went and I think I finished, like... Probably almost last in that race. I was just just overwhelmed with nerves as a youngster. As you know, like your first big sort of competition. Just The nerves got the better of me.
1: Yeah, I think I... What year was that? Can you remember off the top of your head? I'm putting you on the spot. Oof.
4: 2001,
1: <laughs> 2002, something like that.
4: Around that, yeah. It was like... It was a really hard... It was... A, I think it was a... Um, they'd put those hay barrels on. You had to jump yeah. over hay and so forth. So it was just made it... like it rocks hard.
1: or sand or something at one stage.
4: It was a classic cross-country course.
1: Can you remember who won it?
4: No, I can't remember at all. I just remember some of the Brisbane kids were running around barefoot, absolutely just belting everyone else.
1: Yeah, they all looked like men too, didn't they, those Queensland kids? (laughs) And then you never see them ever again. Just come out, dominate cross-country and gone. I reckon Liam Adams beat Dave McNeil at the year I did it. I'll have to look that up afterwards. Um... Yeah,
4: it's good memories. I mean, all that sort of stuff, it definitely gave me scope for the way I sort of set intentions and go after goals and and set in set sort of goals and have have things to work towards i think that was really good sort of a great way to sort of be brought up in that sort of running space
1: can you remember like your pbs and stuff like i know you got some impressive ones off the bike in duathlon, which we'll get to a bit further down the the chat but can you remember like some of the times you were putting out kind of like those yeah i mean as a
4: Schoolboy in uni, I mean, the, the goal was always to break 15 minutes for 5K, which I just snuck under. The goal was to always break three minutes – I mean, nine minutes yeah, for three. Um, 3K. So I sort of – I ran 8.45, and I was – I remember running that in a 5K one night as a um, – I think a year 12 athlete, athlete and pulled out at 3K. I knew I was just going to go to the 3K. So I was – you know, you get sucked along in an A-grade um, inter-club or um, state league night, and I remember that was my PB there. Um, four minutes for – 1500 I never broke it my goal was to break four I ran 402 again at state league um so my my top end speed wasn't super duper but I could I could sort of hold it I, f- I, was, I felt like I was definitely um good to hold that sort of rhythm so um that was that was sort of it and then just the cross country I, I felt like I really dominated when it when the, you know times got a little tougher I felt like I was really good at that sort of stuff I was small and light so I'd sort of fly through the mud I was I was pretty good over the hills. Um, growing up in Doncaster was a hilly sort of place to run. I was always running over hills, Diamond Creek, Warrandite, So um, that was sort of my sort of strengths as a runner.
1: Yeah, and then you found yourself in um, Ballarat for uni and living with Lee Troop. I don't know how, like how does that happen?
4: Well, I used to read a lot of books and, and I, was, I was lucky enough to, I had Mona's book and I really loved Steve Monaghetti. I just, something about him, the way he ran and obviously he was an icon in, in the world of distance running and growing up with with johnny ma we used to go to falls creek every summer and um the big crew of us go up and you'd get to run with monas and you get to run i mean it's it's one of the sports and i'm I'm probably sure you've spoken about this before it's one of the sports that you can run with the elite it's like you can't go and kick a footy with cotton footy club every every day of your life so it was great to sort of go up and, and be in the mix with those guys and just get talking to them i knew monas was a school teacher and lived in Ballarat and I knew he had a good crew of run- runners at the time. So I was always like, okay, I'm going to try and make it as a runner. I'm going to do my best. I really want to represent my country at something. So I've chosen running. I'm going to go for it. So as soon as I had the opportunity to leave high school and um, I decided to move to Ballarat, inspired by Monas, and I remember being up there and I'd just go and hang out with them. I'd go and do the runs with them and so forth and running around doing the warm-up for the mono fire looking on Tuesday night. And, um, I was talking to a guy called Paul Burge, Burgey. He was him and and Troopy were living together, and he said, "Yeah, we're looking for a housemate." And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm looking to come up to study university." And um, so I just I was, it was just luck, and I felt like that's sort of been the story of my life. I've just thrown myself into things, and it's just sort of opened doorways, which I'm sure you know for a lot of people, if you do things, just that's the the progression point, and you know, doorways open and opportunities rise. So that was the first. Great opportunity living with Troopy. I remember he'd be he was sponsored by Nike. It was just when he won the um, second year I was living with him. He won. He broke Ron Clark's 5K re- record at um, I think it was a Track Classic or something one night on a on a Friday night. And so he was sponsored by Nike. He came home and we went out um, to. 21 Arms, which was this place in Ballarat, everyone yeah. used to go out. And <laughs> Troopy wore his race kit out. So he didn't get changed for the whole night. He was on the <laughs> dance floor in his Nike race kit. And it was just fun. It was just a great sort of environment to be in. Like, it wasn't too serious. It was serious enough, but it wasn't too serious. I used to be someone who'd definitely get like overall overwhelmed with nerves and, and, and anxiety before races. So um, it was a great sort of place to hang out in, a really nice sort of crew to, to hang out with um They didn't take it too seriously, but again, they took it seriously when it came to training.
1: Well, Troopy was a real, like, train hard, party hard kind of guy, wasn't he? Like, whereas Mona was, was just train hard, like, not so much yeah, the party inside of things.
4: I mean, it just opened up. Like, I, I remember, like, if I'd sleep in, not Monas would be knocking on my window, get up, get out of bed for the morning run. And I was like, this is sensational. Like, going from reading Mona's book to <laughs> having him knocking on your window saying, get out of bed. And knowing Ballarat, if you've got some Ballarat listeners, which I'm sure you would, you know, having some super cold mornings, you're running in two tracksuits, you got your beanie on, a pair of gloves, and sometimes it was hard to get out of bed, but having Monas and troopy to run with was made it a lot easier, for sure.
1: Yeah, would have been pretty special. And then you found yourself in Kenya for a while, is that right?
4: Well, that's right. I mean, I always want to, as I said, like, if there's someone that's inspiring me, I tend to gravitate towards them and try and hang out with them as much as I can. So um, Monas was definitely a, a doorway into the, the running fraternity in Australia and the running community in Australia. So I felt like that was a really nice stepping stone. And then a lot of crew would come out um, for the Melbourne Track Classics. A lot of the Kenyans would come out. And then they would come up to Ballarat and stay with us in Ballarat. And because we had a um, spare room at times, sometimes I'd stay in the, in the house. So I got friendly with some of those guys. And they said that they've got a program up in – Place called Iten, um, which is sort of a little, uh, maybe an hour out of Eldoret. So, as soon as I finished high school, I moved to Ballarat. As soon as I finished university, I thought, well, the East Africans were the best in the world at that point. So, I'm going to move to Kenya and just roll the, the dice and see what happens. And I actually had this poster of Moses Tanui, who was the first um, guy to go under 60 minutes, on my wall. And I just loved the way he ran. He, he ran this race against Gabriel Selesi one one night. It was a, I think it was a World Champs 10K in Gebris was just sitting on him for the whole race and with 400 to go, kicked his shoe off. I don't know if you've ever seen this race. Mm, story. Yeah. And he kicked his shoe off and Tanui went after it. And I just loved the way he sort of attacked races and went from the front. Um, I'm in this taxi from Nairobi up to Eldorette and a taxi that was meant to take for like five hours ended up taking like 11 hours. It broke down like three times and all the rest, which is probably typical in Kenya um, at that point. Got to Kenya, um, got to uh Eldorette, which was all the hotels closed at nine PM and we got there at like ten PM and the two people that I'd befriended in the in the um, taxi, these two nuns, they said I told them my story, I wanted to come up to run and they were like, Where are you gonna live? And I said, Well I'm just gonna rent a hotel and go and run where I can run and see if I can jump into some of the crews. They said, oh, no, I'll run. I know runner, we'll take you to our friend's house. So we kept going in the taxi and we were driving through all these sort of shunty streets and they, like run down like and then we started driving through all these streets with like absolute mansions, big palaces, palatial sort of properties. And we pulled up out the front of one, knocked on the door. This maid came to the door, took me in and they ate dinner quite late in Kenya, like 10, p. 10, 10.30 10. p.m. And at the table there was Moses Tunui and he invited me in for dinner and I ended up living with Moses for about seven months. No,
1: just from that history. chance.
4: Just from that chance, absolutely. So, and then I well, I befriended his son, and I still talk to his son on like social media and so forth. And I befriended like some of the maids that lived in his house, so they sort of didn't want to let me go. So I ended up just staying with Moses. Moses was a pretty strict sort of dude, but um, and the training was really hard. I remember the first run, It was like, "Okay, you meet me here six a.m. in the morning." Um, I was there at like five thirty, ready to go, and you know I'm running with like um, there was. You know, Moses Chinui, Paul Turgat, there was like um, Wilson Kipkita, like all these athletes yeah. that I just admired and watched on the tally, and then you're running beside them in Kenya. I mean, I wasn't running well, I was just, I was getting dropped, but at the same time I was, I was starting out with them, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it was your threshold effort on their easy jobs, like doing strides <laughs> yeah, before you really. meet them, to just make sure you're ready to go.
4: <laughs> yeah, tapering for the for the easy run. And you
1: went solo, like when you say like you just yeah, got off so the plane in Nairobi. Right.
4: Yeah, I mean, my parents split up when when I was uh, super young. So I was hanging out with my mum at the time and, you know, she was going through a rough patch and it was sort of, it was easy for me to sort of, um, you know, I, I sort of just, I decided just to take off and do my thing. So yeah.
1: as a bit um, of an escape, you mean? Like just like, just yeah, get out it was
4: there? Yeah, kind of I think so. And just sort of take on life rather than sort of wait for people. I was just like, well, I'm just going to go and do it and make it happen and, and, and get out and about. So, um, and through that, through that sort of, vehicle i've learned that it's been really helpful actually just not to just to try things fail try again you know i failed a lot of times but just to give things a go i think it's definitely um, been favorable
1: what um did you learn from them being over there for seven months like i'm not sure if you're still yeah. up to date with it you know how they train at the moment but like what were some of your learnings from being over there
4: well i remember going to one camp we ended up going to a camp for like two months it was like it was a pretty hard conditions camp like it was in um like you slept on a mattress, you washed from a, a bucket. Like electricity went out at seven pm. Seven pm. So it's like not much to do. It was pretty lonely and isolated. But um, the things that it taught me was simplicity. Like just to keep things super simple. Like um, simple was great. Like the simple way of living and not too much to think about and not too much to possess and and hold on to. Um. So in terms of the mind, there wasn't too many stresses going on in the mind. My life was pretty simple, so that was definitely one good teaching. But I realized in this camp, you know, we started with like maybe eighty athletes, and then towards the end of the camp, at the second month, there was probably I'd say thirty guys still going. So it taught me how to recover well. Like I noticed that a lot of people were overtraining, and I guess the thing about living in Australia is, let's say, ten percent of our guys make it. Ten percent of let's say a hundred runners. Isn't that much you get 10 runners that are running at the top, but 10% of like thousands that are going for it in Kenya You get a few more crew um, up and about in in the in you know world champs and so forth or running and breaking records So well, just every, you world, the guys. every major marathon,
1: you know, what I mean like every when you start marathon. thinking about it where they all are just usually one by Kenyan or Ethiopian
4: for sure, but you don't see I, you don't see the, gr- the crew that break down. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot of the crew were because the training was just hard. Like you train three times a day. You'd wake up in the morning and it was six a.m. easy run, seven k tracksuit on, pretty easy pedestrian pace. But then you'd come back and um, the ten a.m. run was like either a threshold or track workout or hill hill workout. It was always hard except for Friday and Sunday. Um, and then you'd have the rest of the day off. And then at four p.m. you'd go down and do like strides and um easy jog uh, leg drills and so forth so just running mechanics So that, no wonder they're so smooth as runners Like they definitely work on that sort of side of their running um, so it was three times a day except for Friday and Sunday so I just noticed that a lot of crew were breaking down so I sort of as as an athlete that was invited over into this sort of camp through Moses I was able to sort of do my own thing a little bit and sort of skip out runs where I, where I needed to so not necessarily do three runs every day and I noticed that was helpful so um, whether or not, I would have got injured. I mean, then I did get injured. I got a sacrum stress fracture. Um, I went off Kenya and ran in Europe for, I did like a um, a road circuit in Europe for six months, straight off Kenya, and I was fit. Like, I was fit as, I did, as I've ever been in my life. I remember I remember having this, I've got this newspaper article. I'm crossing the line and I've got my hands up in the air and I just look like I've come out of a concentration camp. Like, my, my arms are so skinny and I was just so, like, gaunt. I was running quick. I think I ran like I had the record, and I, st- I had the record for a long time on that on that course. It was like a really hilly, eleven k um, road course, and I ran like thirty two minutes. You're know, thirty two high, so it was just just broke thirty three minutes. So I was like running quick, but as a result of being so fine and so light, I got a str- I got a stressy, which um, forced me to come back to Australia.
1: Because was like nutrition a thing? Like were they thinking about? Hey, we're doing triples. We got to be getting in x amount of calories and stuff. Or just like we're doing triples
4: every day was the same. It was phenomenal. It was like uh, white bread um, and Kenyan chai every morning for brekkie. And white bread. I'm talking like you know when you go to baker's life and they got the whole, baker's delight and they've got the like the whole white bread loaf. Mm-hmm. You get cut in half a whole half of a white bread. Um, loaf and you just eat it with kenyan chai which is super sugary and then that was brekkie and you'd get a boiled egg every saturday morning um this was in the camp and then so you look forward to saturdays at lunchtime you'd have um rice and the reason i can remember because it was the same meal for like two two months of my life rice and then you'd have this um uh what did they call it it was like beans and corn it was like a mix of um, beans and corn which was which is really great I mean it was great the first week I just sort of yeah. just chewing it. <laughs> like after like week eight you're just trying to swallow it and get it down and then at night they'd have ugali which is like a palentary sort of corn hard mix with um some greens so there wasn't much meat in the diet like it wasn't much protein I mean it was all sort of simple food not processed so the recovery from that um, was probably good but I'd say I just, I probably wasn't getting as much calories as I, as I should have been in, and, and that might have been the result of the injury. But silver lining, I came back from the injury to Australia and started riding the bike. Loved, loved the bike. Took up duathlon, um, and the rest was history. I went on to represent Australia and um, go and race overseas, internationally, and so forth. And that was a real sort of, um, I love that. I love riding the bike i felt like free you go out and do a six-hour ride you couldn't do that as a runner you'd go on the hills and there was just a freedom in that like it was that's what i loved about that multi-sport like you could do so much more training and i was a real sort of over trainer back in the day I, I just loved training all day so it allowed me to over train but not necessarily have all the injuries that I would. Yeah, the, the
1: high impact smashing the body i looked up some of your results today um, and some other familiar names, like Raf Bor. he was in there. Matty yeah, Madonna, Raff. he's a Geelong boy, isn't he? Matty Madonna, doesn't he run the university down there now? Deacon?
4: Yeah, I think so. And, and Raff, was, you know, he's such a good coach. I caught up with him, actually just um, bumped into in him this year at the Sunshine or the Gold Coast Marathon, and he's doing great with some of his coaching. So, yeah, I remember one one Nationals we, we raced, um, it was me, a guy called James Adard who was always yep. a good athlete getting around, and Raf and we were going head-to-head over... They actually closed down um, Fed Square and St Kilda Road for uh, an Australian Duathlon Championship. There one, one year, and it was I was actually living just around the corner, so all we training and racing on that course. So to be able to race through the city um, in a duathlon was pretty phenomenal. Um, I picked up third, made the national team. So it was us three went over, and I think we did a race in that year was Hungary in in Győr in Hungary, which was sort of great. And then a guy called Leon Griffin, who I'm sure you know, Bendigo Boy. Bendigo Boy. We went and trained in um, Boulder, Colorado, together for a little while, and that was great. That was phenomenal going over to Boulder and seeing what it's all about up there with the altitude and just the fitness vibe and the well being culture up there was was fantastic.
1: Yeah, he was living over there for a long time too. I reckon, like he was, yeah, making it, making a job for it, doing it for a living.
4: Yeah, he was. I mean, he actually won the. Um, world duathlon Mm. championship on you all the belgians and no one you really knew griffo and then he was an animal on the bike and the first run was really slow and when i say slow like maybe 30 31 high for a 10k which was like a lot of people were in the first pack and then he sort of took off on the bike and everyone let him go thinking that he'd come back and griffo just rode away and never came back and then the second run they couldn't run him down because it was only 5k and he had like two minutes up his sleeve
1: how good, yeah. I remember because I was just a kid, or not a kid, like a teenager in Bendigo at the time. And it was he was on the back page of the papers. And, like, yeah, huge news yeah. having a world champion coming out of Bendigo.
4: Yeah, pretty phenomenal. So I then... mean, Juathon was small over in Australia, but definitely overseas, I felt like it had some traction. You know, it was just such a good event. And it was all, they were all track runners. Like, let's face it, they were all track runners that didn't make it as track runners and took on the multi sport and were absolutely killing it. Like, runners that could run sort of 28 high for 10K. Can't make the national team, but um, you could definitely um, be a trailblazer in, in, in the form of triathletes. A triathlete.
1: Is it still big now, or is it kind of like running and triathlon? Yeah, it's still massive.
4: I think because I mean obviously Europe Europe isn't like Australia and we're surrounded by beach. So the multi sport the duathlon, they have like a Grand Prix series. So you yeah. sort of travel around Spain, Italy. You do like the whole the Grand Prix circuit and it's massive. Yeah, it's really and then they have the the Powerman series, which is kind of like the Ironman triathlon series, but in terms of I think it's like a one of them. the The World Championships is twenty one k first run. Um, 160k bike and then a 32k second run or something so it's pretty big yeah. it's like a lot of running
1: did you ever try to make it professionally in duathlon
4: yeah well i mean i was trying to do that i did that for a long time just sort of chasing i mean it's small money you're picking up like um a thousand euros here a bit of euro there so you sort of as um it was hard to make it professionally you know you had to be mm-hmm. like winning some pretty big major races to make it enough income but i love the simple living you know so i didn't mind sort of living out of a backpack and just sort of traveling around chasing races
1: yeah so then the transition to from that to who you are now like in the yoga space the um the i don't know like you just seem to be like this guru in you know understanding your mind and your thoughts and like breath work and like that that world you just described is a lot of um runners a lot of people that listen to this show but the world you're now an expert in is probably a long way from where a lot of us i guess like rudder people see ourselves
4: yeah but by default like i noticed i was doing a lot of this this stuff and maybe some of the listeners might be able to relate to this sort of stuff as well as a runner like there are a lot of tools these inner tools that you have as a runner to self-regulate to slow down your breath to notice where you're tight to notice um, how the negative thought um sort of pattern that you're on can sort of impact you know once the elastic band breaks and does it just break completely or can you have some positive reinforcement and try and come back from something like that so by default there are a lot of sort of crossovers in terms of mindfulness and running where runners might not even notice that they're practicing mindfulness um you know even running up a heel being able to relax your shoulders or slow down the breath i think as a runner you've got a lot of body awareness and that was already sort of there for me and and when I stepped into the yoga world um, I noticed that actually wow I'm already doing some of this stuff like even visualization you know closing your eyes and just visualizing yourself before a race or trying to picture how the race might sort of unfold that's sort of like meditation actually it's like just being able to sort of um, close your eyes and and feel back into something that's um, not necessarily like objective you know just always looking out sort of bringing attention back in for a little moment so by default, I sort of felt that the running and that all the years of, of working with my body and, and running and trying to progress as an athlete really did help me with the yoga. And I was, as I said, like I couldn't even touch my toes. Yoga wasn't definitely not something that I wanted to do, um, nor was it something that I was looking at or even considering. I broke my hip, I got hit by a motorbike and on a, on a when I was on my pushy push bike um, and broke my hip. So, you got I got hit ended by up... a motorbike, yeah, yeah. I I, smashed my the head of my femur cracked into my hip socket, so the acetabulum, and I um, just shattered my acetabulum, broke my like femur in a few places, and so I ended up in and out of hospital for a good part of I'd say three months. Um, I had deep vein thrombosis. There was lots of complications. So had hip surgery and so forth, and fixed my hip up. And I really the goal was to come back to running. I mean, I remember laying on the hospital bed. I was a couple of weeks out from a world champs in Italy and um the doctor came in my first question wasn't when's the surgery it was just like when can i start training and running yeah. and um he said no you won't be running again like your hips in a in a bad way you you probably won't be able to run again and that kind of for me i've never had, really suffered depression or anything like that thankfully but um that was probably the darkest time when i so much of my identity was around running and athletics and being this person who you know was in that sort of realm for so long that was my whole identity. So when some when that got pulled away from me, it was like a dark moment where I was like, "Wow!" So I sort of isolated myself a little bit. I sort of I didn't want to hang around with people. I just wanted to get it done. And um, you know, and then I remember one of my mates reached out. She opened a yoga studio, and she was a physiotherapist. Rosie, her name was, and she was a just a master at the body. She knew the body really well, and she was treating me as a physio, but said, "Hey, why don't you come and try yoga?" And I said. I mean, I don't know what that is, but, like, sure, I'll give it a go. <laughs> and, then this was probably, like, 12 or 13 years ago, and I went and practiced, and there was something about it that I walked out, and I felt like I'd had a workout. I felt like my body had, like, been put through its paces, but I was really grounded and present. Like, you know when you do a workout? Let's say you do a Sunday run. Well, these days I do a Sunday run, and um, I feel like I have to lay on the couch for a bit. I feel a bit exhausted, you know, like I feel... <laughs> pretty wiped out but the yoga wasn't like that i walked out and i felt really grounded and steady and and calm and at ease and i felt wow this is really good so i just kept going and even though i couldn't touch my toes and i was looking around i was still competitive because i mean back in the day there wasn't many men doing yoga i'd look around and there was all these bendy women in in you know in leggings and so forth and i was how the hell can they be doing that and i can't do this so i got really competitive with it and then um And then the competition sort of faded out and I just enjoyed going in and selling my mind and down-regulating my nervous system and getting a bit more stretch in my body. It felt really good and I noticed that that was sort of progressing me towards rehab but at the same time, it was rehab towards what? I wasn't really that interested in competing anymore. I was like, not that I wasn't interested in competing, I shouldn't say that. Like I still love competing even now. Like as you said, I went and rolled the dice in park run for the first time on the weekend. And I love that. You go to the front and you just sort of test yourself against other people. But um, it was just it was just a lovely sort of entry point for me to sort of step away from that chasing times, pressure on myself, and just something in the movement in a way that wasn't competitive. And I just felt really grounded at the same time. So it was lovely.
1: The entry point, though, like you're a guy who gets on a plane and goes to Kenya by himself. Um, A lot of men, I think in particular, would have potentially had an invitation to go try yoga and stuff and knocked it back. Like you're very like open and yep, I want to give it a go and look how it's worked for you. But I don't think everyone would be as accepting of the invitation. Maybe out of like intimidation or like, I don't know, just feeling a bit uncomfortable. And like, I've tried it, done it always just make excuses that I don't have that, that amount of time to be doing yoga but I know it's good for me but like yeah what's your message for like why should runners um and you've asked me before like why don't more runners do yoga like how do I get them to do yoga like how do you feel about all that
4: yeah I think you know with anything it's it's something that you got to give a go that you got to give it a go for a couple of months like um for me running is definitely something that's more Uppity. Like it ups my nervous system. It's mm. a bit more catabolic. Like I run and and I feel it feels great. Like I love pushing my body still and doing workouts. I've got my next door neighbour actually, um, Cameron Smith. He's he's a bit of a weapon. He's he's on the up with his running. So he ran I think two thirty four for a marathon, which is PB, and he's only done like three or four marathons. So he's definitely and he's ran maybe like low thirty ones for, or maybe even low high thirties for a ten k. So. I just run around on a Thursday night chasing him. So I still love that aspect of running. But I notice that it's still kind of uppity and it still sort of um, upregulates my nervous system. So when I step into yoga, I notice that it's great for my running. So if I was a runner thinking, well, what what can I add? Because as you said, like and I remember your answer. It was like when I did ask you that in Japan, um, your answer was, well, I think runners just want to do more Ks. Like if we have more time, we'll choose to do more Ks. Like there's so many other things we can do, right? Like we can do strength and conditioning work. We can do um, hot-cold, you know, therapy. We can go to saunas. We can do Pilates. We can do yoga. Like when – what what's the stopping point? But I noticed one thing that above all things that has been really beneficial with yoga is that it's it's a sort of – it's the opposite end of the spectrum um, than for running like it's running is is great it gives me this but yoga can give me the opposite it gives me like helps me soothe my nervous system it helps me self-regulate my breath it helps me also find stretch and length in my body and then when i bring that into running i find that it really helps my running more so than um anything that has helped my running before like i've definitely done strength conditioning and, I, and i'm a big advocate for that like for well-being and so forth and i love pilates and so forth um, but I noticed the breath work and and the mindfulness stuff that yoga sort of brings um, can, can really help my running so if you're a runner out there i would say like if you did have some time to try yoga I know it's a, it's a tricky one you know, to go into a space that's foreign um, but when you're in that space you'll notice that actually no one's looking at you and it's not competitive and people are just on their own mat and it's not looking around who's doing what it's like such a self practice it's a a practice where you sort of just work with your own energy. And I think that's a really good thing, you know. And there's mm-hmm. so many different styles of yoga as well, like the more dynamic style or the more mellow style or even the yin where you just lay down and stretch for an hour, which is um, – it's hard to take an hour out in the day, but I always say sort of, you know, um, it's good for the team. Like if I can soothe my nervous system and, and relax my body, then it's definitely good for my friends and my family. It's going to be good for – you know, you're a school teacher. It's going to be good for the kids that I teach – So it's like, it's not a self-help project, yoga. It's good for the team, which is kind of cool. The world needs a bit of yoga right now, you know?
1: Uh, Well, I was about to say that. Like, every other aspect of life is up. Like, you put in their run and you put in, your work. I'm guessing most people's work's like mine. And you're you're up and about when you're doing it, your family stuff, picking up the kids from daycare and looking after them, like, you know, doing a podcast. Like, everything's, like, high energy. So, like, to have something that's low energy um, and just, yeah, the whole, like... Being on the mat thing, I think everyone appreciates they've got that opportunity to be on the mat in their time. That they're not going to waste that half an hour or an hour, whatever it is, worrying about the guy over in the corner who might be there for the first time. It's like yeah. once you, once you're through the door, that's good. Um, but I think it just just getting people through the door is probably the key thing.
4: Yeah, slowing and down. I, you know, I like a lot of the like a lot of the words these days that are used are not sort of yogi words, which is is kind of nice because, like for instance, breath work, which has become very. Um, prevalent in Melbourne. I'm not too sure up up there, but um, in Melbourne, breathwork has become like there's studios that are opening just purely for breathwork. And breathwork is another way to describe yoga breathing, which is like so it's packaged up in a way that's a little bit more digestible. And breathwork can be a great way to soothe the nervous system or um, work with your energy, and also like mobility. Yoga is mobility. So some of the stuff that you know, um, like let's say when when we teach some sessions, we ran a session um, with. Uh, Lululemon for Melbourne Marathon, like a couple of weeks ago, and we had a mobility and mindfulness session. So, basically, the mobility was just sort of yoga postures shrunk together, but mo- yoga and the postures that we do in yoga can add a lot of mobility and range in the body, which is helpful not only for running, but also for longevity. Like, I want to live um, well when I'm 60, 70, 80, 90, you know, I want to live well, I want to be able to move around well, and I, will, I don't want to feel stuck in my body. But I've noticed as a runner, um, some of the high impact and just that linear style of movement, um, the older I get, the more stiff sort of I get. So the yoga has helped me keep that mobility in my body just to live well, not not for performance, just to sort of move around and get around well. Um, I think there's real merit in that as well.
1: Yeah. And with the like breath work and like even like the mental side of things, I'm sure there's things you know now that you wish you knew when you were 17 and on the start line of Bandura and maybe some like negative thoughts are coming in and like what you can actually do to um, to work with that? Like, what's your kind of toolbox entail now?
4: Yeah, mate, absolutely. Like, I think – and it's been nice to see some of this stuff come in. Like, even in, in COVID, like, I was teaching yoga to some of the crew, like um, Joel tobin Y and, like, um, um, Brett Robinson, and, you know, I saw Jack Rainier in the studio last week. So it's fun to see these crew coming in, and they've sort of been – gently sort of nudged in the direction of yoga and breath work as a means to sort of to self-regulate i know when i'm relaxed i run my best like when i'm nervous nerves are good because i want to do well but um too much nervousness from my experience at least i run stiff i feel clunky i'm not in my body i'm up in my mind so when i'm relaxed and when i feel easy i I tend to bring that into my rhythm and and my running um so just to be able to self-regulate on the start line or just in a warm-up go for a warm-up and then just take 30 seconds to slow my breath down, to relax my shoulders, to being get a little bit more tension-free than I am right now. And then when the gun goes, I feel like that's a really nice sort of stepping stone into the race rather than sort of start with that sort of uppity nervous energy. Um, so stuff like that. But also, I mean, yoga is definitely working with the mind. Like um, I feel like yoga definitely points us in the direction of how we can work with our mind. For example, like the mind – could be your worst enemy like negative self-talk it could be it's it's worse than any of your other enemies out there it's like it, the mind your own mind could be your worst enemy but it can also be your best friend like your mind can be your best friend so irrespective of what's happening around you if we learn how to work with our own mind and notice when we have you know these patterns that we're creating notice when we have this negative self-talk or when we criticize or when we judge um, and then to be able to sort of give that some ventilation just to notice just to be aware of that um ventilates the the mind and then maybe there's something different you know i can practice relaxing a little bit more i can practice focusing on the the positive things that are happening in the moment or i can look at how i can work um to create more positive in the moment so i think yoga can help us really sharpen the muscle of awareness and and start to become more aware of you know how am I in relationship with this moment, and how's that stepping me into the next moment? And for me as a runner, that's really helpful, especially when it's mid race. I mean, even in Park Run on Saturday, <laughs> we turned at the two and a half k mark. had this beautiful tailwind. I was like, oh man, this is crazy. I'm, 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 I'm in form right now. And then I turned at two and a half k, and I was like, well, that was why I've just turned into a block headwind. It was just raging into. And then I was like, wow, how can I? okay i've got to become aware of my body right now relax your shoulders slow breathing down stay with it like there was moments where i wanted to sort of pull back and stop the pace um but at the same time i was like no okay just stay with it just look after this moment and then just look after this moment so i think sharpening awareness which yoga sort of points towards it's been really helpful for me as an athlete now and i I definitely like you said I, i wish i had sort of known this stuff when i was when i was a little younger
1: yeah, I love that. Um, the cars on the road analogy, like when things are going bad in a race, and like thinking of your thoughts as like cars going past on the road, and you get to choose which car you jump into and like go yeah. in that direction. And just like, just acknowledge the cars are there, but you don't need to be thinking about that one, and like actually go on the road down that rabbit hole into that thought, because you like, and you'd probably know more about this with how you studied and stuff as well, but the the roads the the cars that are bipping their horn on the road and stuff are usually the negative ones they're the ones trying to get your attention straight away and you just like stay away from those thoughts Brady and just keep focused often just count to 10 just so i can just clear the road of all the cars
4: yeah yeah just i mean that's a good sort of thing to say you know if, if i'm sort of if i notice that i'm off on a negative thought pattern i can just interrupt that momentum and come back to something like the present moment doesn't know negative doesn't know Dissatisfaction. The present moment is just happening. So if I can come back to something that's happening now, it could be relax my shoulders or notice my breath for a moment. It just, just for a little moment, it interrupts the momentum of that thought pattern, and then maybe there's something fresh and different. You know, when I start thinking again, because let's face it, like the waves are going to always come back. Like the thinking will always return. That's the the nature of the mind. But every now and again, it's nice to sort of be able to. Um, relate to this calm water this still water even though the waves are going to come back it's like every now and again just what's it like to to um experience calm water just to relax more open yeah. you
1: know yeah ah spot on tell me about um obviously a little 11 sponsoring this episode you're one of the uh ambassadors how'd that relationship come about to start off with
4: well it's been a really lovely uh, relationship it's, it's probably like eight years now i was just funnily enough teaching yoga and some of the girls from the Campbell store um, I was teaching in Richmond would come in and do, do class. And um, I mean, for me, yoga was never like exercise, even though like yoga can be a form of exercise. It was always something else. Like I was, I was always the study I did or the courses I did or the trainings I did were always referencing the philosophy around yoga or the nervous system or, so I felt like um, some of the crew really enjoyed that from the little lemon stores and, and, and then we just struck up a little relationship and I'd go in on a Sunday morning and teach. they used to have community yoga, so free yoga on a Sunday morning in little in the stores around Melbourne, so I'd go in and teach at Camberwell and Collingwood and Chapel street and then from there, I became an ambassador and I don't really love the limelight like I don't mind talking in front of a lot of people, but I don't love when it's the talk is about me i love I love talking about something like something that I'm passionate about but so I remember when. I was teaching one morning and they usually, they used to surprise you with their ambassadorship and they they came in and they were like, surprise, will you be our ambassador? And all everyone was standing up and I was like, I've got this photo of me in, in, as an ambassador and I'm as bright as a tomato, as embarrassed as I've ever been in my life. And I'm like, yes, I'll be your ambassador. It was like a proposal, it was like this sort of proposal. but it was, it was, it was just fantastic, like, I definitely said yes to a lot of things and had some great opportunities. We went over to do a fun run in Vancouver, Seaways with Lululemon. I've been able to teach in beautiful spaces I've never would have imagined. You know, the Art Centre. I've um, taught you know up in where well, we just hung out um, recently up at the Sunshine Coast, and I'm um, just being able to to meet some amazing people and and run into some fantastic crew. Generally, doing some great things. Like I, I love being in sort of. Pockets where people are just doing their thing and you can get inspired from their stories and just hanging out with them So that's been really lovely. And then I was uh, fortunate enough to become the city ambassador, which is the program that you're on. So um, Being able to travel around Asia and Pacific and, and being able to teach yoga in other countries has been fantastic as well. So yeah, I have really loved it and um, Funnily enough, I was running in the um, I was moving in a lot in the blue lemon stuff before I even became an ambassador. So it was sort of just like an easy entry point. And the running back from when I started in 2017 as an ambassador, the apparel that we had back then, even though I do I'm gonna still I going to say, you would
1: have seen it evolve a bit in eight years, uh, wouldn't you?
4: Because it w- wasn't really about running. It was definitely more of a yoga brand. Like it it was – so we did have some running sort of capsules that came through and I do have these three-inch – I always like the short shorts. I'm like you. Yeah. I either run in splitties or – or a half tight and um, the splitties aren't so popular. So, if you go like, they haven't been the most popular shorts, it's probably you and me the only ones that are buying them. But definitely <laughs> ah, there's a
1: whole it. lot of listeners always in my DMs like, when are they going to be restocked? I'm like, I'm not sure why or when. Also, I don't have a discount code. Everyone always hits me with those two questions when do the half tights and splitties get restocked? Do you have a discount code? No, I'm right. not sure, and no.
4: Yes, 100%. Those, those half tights are all the rage at the you moment. try
1: Ryan10. That could work on the discount code, though. You
4: no, know, there's no Ryan10 <laughs> code. But, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely have seen the evolution of the kit. It was definitely um, something that's been very refreshing to be able to run in stuff that um, is more run-specific. So, And you're the same. I mean, you're a pure runner, so I, I love seeing you get around in some of the new stuff that comes out, and it's been great. Yeah, well, this I time... Mean, you like... get signals... You get singlets shipped over from Vancouver, specific, specific, special singlets for, mate. You're uh, you oh, one yeah. of the elite. I was stoked
1: with that. <laughs> we well, had to run a marathon in pretty hot weather, so we wanted a, yeah, we, we wanted true. a good singlet out of it. It wasn't just for me to jog around a Chukumo Amarin. <laughs> um no you're right like the kids come a long way and it's yeah just you would have like been a fan of the sport and a fan of like someone like Jess as well when like you've obviously been in the brand for that long and then seeing that move come over she's coming up on the show in a couple of weeks for a bit of a check-in but um that news would have been huge when you read about that
4: yeah and just also I actually met we went over to um to Seoul or Korea early in the year to do a running campaign shoot and just to meet her and she was pregnant at the time but she was still running, so we'd go out and do our long run on the sun, you know, on the off days and so forth together and just to sort of get around and and meet Jess. I'd heard a lot about Jess, but I hadn't met her. I'd met her briefly at like a track race down in Geelong. So she's friends with some of the Surf Coast um crew and, and the track club crew. So um she came down. I met her briefly, but um obviously everyone was wanting to meet her and so forth at that point. So we'd have some some time with her. She's just such a fantastic ambassador for the brand, but just a fantastic ambassador for running. I love Hanging out with those crew. I mean, never something negative to say about anyone. It's just just so cool mm-hmm. to be around people like that. just wants to – and I think that's the good thing about what I've noticed about what's happening at the moment in the running scene. Like, there's so many run crews that are getting it up and about, and there's so many more community-orientated running that's happening. And – from my experience in those crews, and even in like Melbourne Marathon a couple of weeks ago, everyone's getting around each other and what's what's best for each other. Like you're cheering people that you don't even know, and someone goes past, you give them a tap on the bum and say, "Keep going." It's like, I feel like there's a um, there's a real camaraderie with running, and and I think that's really t- taking off at the moment, which is which is great to see. Um, and that's really much. That's the yoga right there. Like as I said at the start, like just that support and rejoicing in other people's joys is, is one of the 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 things that we're pointing towards in yoga, that's one of the things that we're trying to get towards in yoga to be more of that energy um, and bring that energy into the world rather than sort of this, this strong sense of me or individualism that we can get caught up in just to be more a part of the community. So the the community running groups, I don't know what's happening up in Ejuka, but down in Melbourne and on the surf coast. Ah, oh, it's phenomenal you can do a running group every morning of the week if you'd like and it's a running group where you probably get 100 people out in the morning it's it's just phenomenal
1: mate nothing's happened in a chukamama i think i've <laughs> ran by myself every day for the last six months but yes i do see it everywhere else and i do feel a bit of envy but i think you're right about like so i interviewed dave mcneil a couple of days ago with um we're talking about like mindset and like your mental health and things like that and his big thing was like surround yourself with people who give you good energy and i think we're seeing it in global sport as well at the moment like gone to the days where it was that tough as nail tough as nails like macho man like scared school principal kind of vibes and it's almost about like caring for each other when we want the best for each other and when we don't like i follow collingwood and craig mcrae is like a perfect example of that like we don't dwell on moments that go wrong and we just like appreciate each other and um and our captain at the bendigo bats is all about that as well like we've got that similar culture where we just want the best for each other um yeah whereas that kind of like you know punching down and bagging people out kind of mentality's just gone now it's it's great to be in so many um and watching so many sports
4: isn't it great, and I mean some of the like the more woohoo sort of style of yoga like um and this is where I sort of was in this is where I was intimidated like I'd go in and people would be talking about all this philosophical sort of stuff, and I'd be like just out of my depth, but you know one of the biggest things in yoga is to dissolve ego dissolve this sense of self and it's not like um get rid of who you are, but it's like this strong sense of like um you know competition or comparison or like you know it's like what's in it for me or again yeah this strong sense of me that we can carry around on our shoulders as soon as you step into a community like that just dissolves and you become the community and and as you said like i think that's such a you know the world needs that sort of stuff right now to get in the community and this is a month for november so you know it's it's i think it's really important to sort of get around your mates and get around people and and be able to be a part of something bigger than just you and that's all the yoga philosophy points to. That. like that's the number one teaching just to Free yourself with yourself and when you do that um, And when you sort of when you're a supporter for someone else by default that lifts you up as well, so um, Yeah, if you're a listener out there I think it's it's really important to sort of get into something even if it's like your local team or something just to be a part of something that's bigger than you because Let's face it. Life can be isolated and life can be really insular if you let it be that way. Otherwise, um, and the other, the opposite is true. You know, there's so many people out there that want to get around you and want to help. So, um, and the running community is great like that. Especially like the um, all these running events and running sort of clubs around Melbourne. You know, people go in for the first time they've ever been there and and then chatting to crew that they don't know and people are sort of cheering them on. And I think that's great. I think that's Hopefully it stays that way. I feel like it's that's the way it's going. And I know we have like cycles in running and it sort of gets popular and then dives again. But I'm loving seeing this popularity sort uh, of.
1: sky's a limit now, mate. It's just going to keep going up, I reckon.
4: Yeah, mate, yeah. with podcasts like this. And- podcasts
1: like this. Now, look at the <laughs> events. All the events are selling out.
4: I know. How was Melbourne Marathon? A lot of my mates actually talking about my mate Cam next door. He had to run Sydney Marathon because he couldn't get a ticket for Melbourne. It sold out like three months in advance.
1: Yeah, bit different course too. How'd he go? Was he good on the um, hills?
4: He was hot up there and it was a bit of a struggle. Like he went to break two thirty and I think um I think the heat got the better of him. I think Moose had a good one though, didn't he? he Seem like I chatted to him at Melbourne, he said he Moose came had a home great one. Drunk. Fourth,
1: yeah. fourth in the Australian champs. Big That's money for good. Moose. He got his medal the other day too, I think. Might talk about that in the weekly show. he's, he's up and about, mate.
4: And you were pacing the women, I heard, and, and it was hard to pace because they were up and down and up and down. Yeah,
1: a whole, whole lot of 217, 218, 219 girls that didn't want to run quicker than 228 pace. So, um, yeah, that was it was an odd day, but it was good to be involved. I was wearing that I singlet I was telling you about. That, I did. That I loved seeing you in the
4: kit. I was watching you live with your half tights and your black yep. half tights and your white. It's like
1: the just Gold just Coast uniform. your
4: iconic. It's your, it's your kit. It's your iconic kit. Like you couldn't.
1: Uh, I it got some new right? stuff last week. I got I got a new new look coming. Got this like nice purple singlet. Keep oh. a, keep a look out for that next race. Might be wearing that one. I think bit of color, bit of color in there. Yeah, I like purple. Favorite color, uh, mate. That's a good spot to leave it on. Thank you so much for your time. We're nearly gone for an hour. I could listen to you all day. Um, where can listeners, if they're interested, follow you along? You on well, Strava? Yeah. Do you put stuff on Strava?
4: Only my fast
1: stuff, mate. Nah, you're one of those people. <laughs> you know who does that? Sinead Diver. She'll like what, run New York Marathon, just uploads just New York Marathon, but not any of her training leading up kind of thing. So Yeah, you've got to keep him guessing. You've
4: got to keep him guessing. <laughs> but, um, no, if you do want to – like, if you're someone at home and, and you sort of want to touch into yoga and give it a go, like I've got an online program that I run. It's called It's All Yoga. So if you just type in It's All Yoga, you can find me there and um, – 30 bucks a month. It's really easy access. You can do classes that suit your mood. Also, um, on social media and some of the Lululemon events around town, like we'll be around next year at most of the running events and so forth. So, come say good day if you listen to this podcast. It's always nice to say good day to strangers and, and have a connection. So, um, don't be a stranger.
1: Listeners, Gold Coast next year, we're getting in early. Book a spot oh, yeah, for the yoga session with Ryan Mannix at the QT. Yep. There you go. All right, thanks, mate. Thanks for your time.
0: Thanks for having me. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is powered by Lululemon. With 44 stores across Australia and New Zealand, you can shop the latest range either in-store or online at lululemon.com.au to find your well-being.